across the UK, online and on DAB. Get an earful of unusual nocturnal emissions with radio's Lord of Misrule, Ian Lee. No relation, thank God. Unfiltered Night Talk with the original king of unconventional conversation. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Yo, yo, yo. Good evening, dear listener. The Late Night Alternative with me, Ian Lee. Catherine, are you there? Word. <laughs> Is that it? I think that... Here's the thing, guys. Let's, 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 let's get... I've got some cards and I'm going to put them on the table. Here we go. Um, I couldn't be bothered to come into... Uh, I didn't feel well enough to drive into work today, so I, I'm doing the show from my house, and we've spent the last 90 minutes, Catherine, myself, uh, Sam, and some woman called Sal, who no. I don't even know who she <laughs> is. a man called Sal. What a world we live in. <laughs> uh, so trans uh, called Sal, <laughs> and we are, have spent the last 90 minutes... How, uh, how, how, what man called Sal? You say that as though I know who that you is. You do know him. Nice guy from upstairs. Talk sport. What, like an intelligent one. You remember him. He, he's there's, read a book. There's no nice guys. Mm-hmm. There's no nice guys from uh, Talk Sport. They're all scum and uh, criminals. Uh, some of them of a very rude nature. Anyway, so uh, we spent the last 90 minutes on this flipping national radio station. National, uh, in inverted commas, as is radio. Um, trying to set up a system that I thought we had in place <laughs> that meant it would turn my computer into a studio and we would just be able to broadcast from it. And, and we know that that technology exists because we've used it before. And so we're doing this and then it turns out, oh yeah, we, that doesn't work anymore. Why is that? Because we moved house. Right, here's the thing, Catherine, there is a half a second delay on the line, so you, when I stop talking, you've got to talk for a little bit longer than that to make it worthwhile. Because we moved house to somewhere posher. See, that doesn't work either. No, it does work. I can hear you gulping. I, I, I what are you drinking? Drinking a nice cup of uh, uh, red wine. <laughs> I'm drinking a cup of, I'm drinking a, a cup of mead. Uh, I'm drinking my cat's urine. doesn't matter what I'm drinking. The fact is... Um, this should be uh, a, an excellent system we have in place. It doesn't work. I'm effing and jeffing on WhatsApp to Kath, going, oh, I'm not, I'm not effing doing it. I'll, I'll drive it. Half past nine, I'm saying I'll drive in for an hour and a half. That was never going to happen. At that point, you're supposed to go, no, don't drive in. That'll be crazy. Well, I and you instead, you go, you go, yeah, you could do, you could do. <laughs> no, I was saying you up to the thing previously, but you're a very fast typer. I'm a very fast typer when I'm naked. Um, so we're doing the show. I don't know what it sounds like, uh, but I, d- I didn't feel well enough to drive in, and um, you know, I feel I, I, I feel well enough to do a show, but the thought of just sitting in a car for an hour and a half, my God, I, f- I, I was feeling nauseous. I slept. I just slept all day, and I still feel lousy. Um, if I am dying, which is it is possible, it's been mooted by two doctors that I could be dying if I'm dying. Um, then let this, um, let this show be my epitaph. That's all I can say to that. You've got to pick up the silences, Catherine, otherwise this ain't going to work. I know, but I, I was just leaving a pregnant pause because that's very sad. And also, it's for when we clip it for the film that we do in okay. black and white once you do pass on. Here's the thing, if, if I am dying, right, um, 
don't let them give me a posthumous award. I don't want one of those. I don't want one of those posthumous awards. I don't want you going up on stage. Or if you go up on stage, tell them, tell everyone to f off. So <laughs> f off. This is exactly. The, and then play this clip. These posthumous awards, just because someone died, are a load of rubbish. They don't mean anything. We're all going to die at some point. Give award. You're going to give awards to all the corpses. I don't want this stinking award, Radio Academy. I don't want this crappy award, uh, Sony's. You can take it and you can shove it where the sun don't shine. Likewise, those lifetime achievement ones. So they're awards for not dying. And um, I'll take one of those definitely. I'll be. Um, be I'll be up for one of those. You'd be gracious. Hmm? So anyway, so the the, the show is going to be excellent. It still works exactly the same. You call in 0344-499-1000. That's the telephone number. Uh, if you want to give us a call, it's the same thing. Do you remember once, was it when we were in New York or when we did the show from someone's house? And people um, thought they had to phone a different number. Remember that? <laughs> yes. Wasn't that I when we were I, at Tony's? <laughs> I think Tony's so. People didn't phone in. People didn't phone in, and we said, why is no one phoning in? And someone tweeted, we don't know what the number is. It's, it's the same number. <laughs> it's the same. <laughs> it's the same flipping number. Wallies. Absolute wallies. Anyway, let's, uh, we've got a guest. Do call in 0344-499-1000. we got a couple of guests tonight, and I, I have to extend um, my humblest apologies because this guy was coming all the way from somewhere else to come into the studio tonight and um then uh then i said i'm not coming in the studio and uh, catherine didn't want to be alone in the studio with him um <laughs> that's so not true. that's what you said to me um so uh ladies and gentlemen a big round of applause a ding of the bell it's mark mason is mark talking because i can't hear him now, Ian, can you hear me? Catherine, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Also, I'm going to start counting one, two, three. So let's work out what the delay is. You join in when you can hear me. And okay. the listener will then know what the delay is. Right. One, two, three, four, five, four, five, six, six, seven, eight, seven, eight, eight, nine, eight. Nine. Right. I think Was Ian's that... one number behind me. Catherine, we, how many behind us were you? She hasn't even started counting. She's Do... not even heard the numbers yet. Do it again. <laughs> Do it again. One, one two, two. Three, this is one of those mind logic experiments where I don't know if I'm, the, the radio and the telephone are giving us two different things, so the listeners are probably hearing a different reality from what we're hearing. Welcome to a uh, brand new show on Talk Radio. It's counting. <laughs> and uh, first guest this week is other, Mark Mason. I love, I love the thought, Ian. Now, Kath, I, I strongly suspect, Ian, from where you are, you will not be able to see the skyscrapers of the City of London. I cannot, no. no. No, right. Now, Catherine, I haven't been to the new studios yet. So, although I've been into the building, I haven't actually been to the studios. Can you, have you got an external window? Can you, I probably haven't. haven't. No, the blind's down. Uh, but I've uh, got uh, some nice pictures of skyscrapers. Why? Well, because I'm sitting in a quiet courtyard just east, about five minutes walk east of Liverpool Street Station. And the, the way the courtyard's laid out, there's a sort of one, two, three, five-story building opposite me. But at the top of that, I can see the top three stories of the gherkin. So if you could oh. see the gherkin at the same time, we would be looking at the same thing, even though we can't see each other in person. I love the thought that um, that's the way that we could establish They've some... opened the blind. Let me have a look. Right, the gherkin. No. She, this, she doesn't know what the gherkin looks like. <laughs> I'll tell you what I can see. I can see a signed print by Kurt Vonnegut. <laughs> 
<laughs> I can see a picture by my uh, friend Dan, Dan Rayner, and I can see a picture of my two boys hugging at the bowling. That's 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 my view at the moment. So I think oh. that I'm winning. I'm I'm um I'm steaming through break. Have you read? Are you a fan of Vonnegut, Mark? Um, I'm sort of not really. No, I'm afraid not. But I do happen to know he owned the first Saab dealership in the USA before uh, he became I a writer. I know that, but yeah. I, I'm, I, 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 love, I love Vonnegut. I haven't read him for ages, and I'm reading Breakfast of Champions again. My, uh, what a what that, a, that always what reminds a, me. That always reminds me of, um, uh, uh, of of Christopher Hitchens, who was once asked about his favourite whiskey, and he said it has to be Johnny Walker Black Label, the Breakfast Breakfast of Champions. There we go. You see. You Can see? I ask you a question about a book of yours, Mark, that I didn't know existed? But I've just got your um, I've got your Amazon page up in front of me. Now there might be. There's, I think there's a couple that link to someone else that isn't me. But go on, try me. You well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't write a book called "What Men Think About Sex," did you? Uh, guilty as charged, I'm afraid. Ian. that was in the that... long, long, long distance. I tell you why. Fiction rather than non-fiction. That was my first. Novel. I tell you. I t- it's it, I, right exactly because I'm going to read the description, Catherine. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll introduce Mark properly in a second. He's been on the show before, but knowing Mark's previous work. Because I thought, oh, maybe there's another Mark Mason. Then I read the description, right? Listen to this. Tim and Rob are two, uh, Tim and Rob are 20 something men who both fall madly in lust with an American woman who has, has come to work in their office, the fabulously sexy Claire Jordan. In a drunken moment, they devise an audacious race. The Claire Jordan five and three quarter feet handicap stakes. The victor, and this is where it turns into pure Mason territory, the victor <laughs> wins the right to invite her out on a date. Tim's challenge is to sleep with five different women whose name begins with the initials C, L, A, R and E. Rob has to sleep with one or more women in five different places beginning with the same initials. E.G. Cinema Lay By <laughs> abor- I can never say this word. Aboritum. Aboritum. Arbor- Thank you very much. Arboretum. I can never, <laughs> say-, I can never <laughs> say that. An aboritum. I can also never I can never read the word and I have to build myself up to say it. I can say it when I'm not reading it. I can never read the word analyst. I, c- I just can't read it. It's statistics with me. I have to. Oh my God, I said it. I normally have to say it, and then have a second step. I actually got it first time. I think it's the first time I've ever said that word, and I'm not going to be saying it again now. That's the first time I've ever my, said that word first time. If you see what I mean. I see. Anyway, what, back to the my, let's 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 go. Let's go because you've been on the show a few times. So let's just name a couple of the books. Um, you're not on to talk about a book this time, but let's just name a couple of the books that some of the listeners will probably have read. Um, I'm going to throw you the titles. You give me a little bit of background on them to jog the listeners' memories. By the way, all of these books I've read, they are fantastic and they are still available. Uh, Male Obsession, what was that? That was one fact per postcode area of the UK. Now, these are all travel, but I tend to, I do travel books mainly. And so that one was going around Britain and there are 124 postcode areas. And I love the fact that we're in three different postcode areas now. I am in EC, for East Central. Yep. Catherine is in SE because she's just over the river from me, and you are in wh- whichever postcode do you come. I forget where you come under, Ian. What's what's your postcode area? I'm in a- I'm in HP. HP for Hemel Hempstead, yes. Yeah, um, yeah, I can't the remember thing. the fact for that, but yeah. So it was it's travel, but going around the country. I didn't actually visit all 124, but I went to lots of them, and it's one fact per postcode area, like the SE fact uh, to give the fact that, of the area that Catherine's in. 
um, is that uh, another building in that postcode area is Waterloo Station. And it was the fact that Winston Churchill said that if Charles de Gaulle outlived him and therefore was at his funeral, which is what happened, uh, the train carrying Churchill's body from London up to Oxfordshire, where he's going to be buried, had to leave from Waterloo Station, which is very inconvenient. But Churchill insisted that it happened purely so that de Gaulle would have to go and stand in front of a building with Waterloo written in it, <laughs> on six, uh, carved into it on six high letters. So, yes, that's that one. Next book. Okay. The book that I think... Uh, introduced us to each other, but then I think I get it wrong every time. Uh, Walk the <laughs> Lines, the London Underground Overground. You do? Now, you know what? I've, 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 we've had this a few times, and I have now completely... So I'm 50-50 as to whether you're right or I'm right. I do. My memory is that we first spoke on a BBC station about yep. my book Move Along, Please, which was Land's End to John O'Groats by Local Bus. But mm. it could have been, and then, and then my memory is then that we spoke later about Walk the Line. But either way, I've told you what to move along, please. Maybe, walk the line maybe it's is, the, the Mandela effect. Uh, which is what? Explain. You don't know the Mandela effect? Oh, Catherine, oh. tell him the Mandela effect. Right. If I remember rightly, well, that's the point of it, isn't it? Um, it's a mass uh, false memory. Okay, and what is and the Mandela being? So people thinking Mandela had already died when he hadn't. Uh, so okay. loads of people yeah. think, loads of people remember the news broadcast where it was announced that Nelson Mandela had died, but obviously yeah. he hadn't died. Yeah. And then people put it into, like, lines from Star Wars that everyone remembers and all this. And the, the one of the many theories, my theory is that people just misremembered stuff. But one of the... It's confabulation. The medical term is confabulation. It's where your brain... Supplies. Now, we've all got times where we can't remember whether someone had an orange jumper or a blue jumper or whatever it was. But there yeah. are times when your brain supplies a false memory and you're convinced that it was orange when it... So, and then that's going to only be exacerbated where two, two or more people get together where they've got the yeah. same false memories, as you say, with Mandela. David Hetworth, the brilliant music journalist, has got uh, a story about that. It's that David Hetworth was the journalist who was interviewing Bob Geldof at Live Aid when Geldof said the famous line about giving the money and F the phone number, um, give us your effing money. And yeah. I forget which way around it is, but Hedwood says, everyone remembers, let's say, uh, that Geldof said, give us the effing money. He didn't. What Hepworth says, he says, and when you watch the footage, you'll see Hepworth is absolutely right. Of course he would be. He was the guy who was sitting there next to him. Um, yeah. Geldof actually said, F the phone number, just give us your money. So they've people have absolutely... And every week, David Hetworth gets people coming up to him going, he said, give us the effing money. And Hetworth says, I'm afraid he didn't. It's, ma it's massive memory. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's but, the Mandela um, Our Mandela to which we, sp we spoke first about. But uh, move along, please. Land's End to John O'Groats by local bus. I got the bus from Land's End to Penzance, Penzance to, uh, I think, Truro. Uh, then all those 46 buses did the length of Britain. Um, but Walk the Lines was my London book, which was... Um, walking the whole tube system overground and just relating what I saw and what I heard and little bits of trivia about London and all the brilliant conversations you overhear. And, you know, it, it was a way of, it was my device for capturing London, to use a very pretentious phrase. Uh, they, they are all excellent books. I thoroughly recommend all of them. We're going to tweet links in a, in a second. We're going to go to a break in a second as well. 0344-499-1000 is the telephone number. Mark, stay there because we're going to find out exactly what it is you're doing this weekend that sounds, uh, uh -huh. it sounds thrilling. 
and uh, <laughs> if uh, I, I wasn't um, well, if I well, I've, I've got gut rot, but I'm also doing something Sunday evening, which means I'm resting in the day. I'll tell you what that is after this, Sam. The radio show where the owls are not what they seem. Do you or have you ever watched Twin Peaks? The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. We could be dreaming and meeting each other in our dreams. On Talk Radio. Evening, dear listener, Ian Lee, Catherine Boyle, Late Night Alternative, 03444991000 is the telephone number if uh, you want to give us a call. We've got Mark Mason on the line. Now, Mark... Here's the reason why um, I can't come Sundays. I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling great, so I'm trying to limit what I'm doing. And I'm doing something Sunday night. Sunday night, I am going, for the first time ever, despite the fact that um, Giles Martin once invited me in and then stopped ignoring all of my messages, I'm going into Abbey Road Studios for the first time ever to see, a, I think they're Dutch, maybe they're German, I think they're Dutch Beatles tribute band play <laughs> the entire Abbey Road. You lucky, lucky boy. That yeah, is... I've, I I've, I've been outside. Um, do you know what? There are... I've been outside. I've walked... Because Lords is near there and various things. And of course, I've been to have a look at it anyway, the outside of Abbey Road. Um, there are yeah. two blue two blue plaques. I don't, I don't think they're official blue ones, but there are two round plaques outside the front door of Abbey Road, neither of them to the Beatles. Oh, go the, on. Who for? I, I sometimes use this as... Um, a quick question. One of them is to a guy called Alan, and I'm ashamed to say I've forgotten his surname, but he was a pioneer of stereo recording. Um, oh. And he worked, for, he worked for EMI, which is, and he did, you know, obviously lots of stereo stuff that was done for EMI there, but this is back in the 30s. And go on YouTube and you can have a look. He recorded using stereo, the first ever stereo mics. The EMI offices out in Middlesex overlooked the back of a train station, and he recorded some film of um, a train going from left to right across the tracks. And the sound, and if you listen on headphones on YouTube, you'll be able to hear the sound follows the train going from right to left or left to right, whichever yeah. way it is. Um, so one of them is to him. Alan, oh, it's going to annoy me now. I'm sure, Alan Blumline, I think it might be. B-L-U-M-L-E-I-N. The other one is the quiz question I sometimes use, um, is, is a plaque to the English composer and conductor who uh, opened the studios back in the 20s or 30s, I think, um, by, um, by, comp by conducting a recording of some of his work. Famous English composer. Which one would you go Andre for? Previn. Andre Previn. Andre <laughs> Previn. is too early. Uh, it was Elgar. Okay. Edward Elgar. Catherine was going to say, wasn't I it, was, Catherine? I he got was in there before he could say it. Bad <laughs> quiz host. Bad quiz host. With these delays, you've got to jump in. <laughs> Now, we could see from her laugh, hear from her laugh how much the delay was, because that was about a second. I'm used to people not laughing <laughs> at all at what I say, but a, a delay of a second was really <laughs> weird. Anyway. Have you, um, so you've never been in Abbey Road? I've never been in. I say Giles My Martin was flirting with me once and he, he invited me in and then that never happened, the scumbag. Um, and I, you know, I, and I've seen, I've seen video. I think this, this Beatles tribute band, I think they're called the Analogues. And uh, it, it's all very weird. I, I was doing this weird... Just talk about me for a second, Mark, and then we'll let you plug your thing. <laughs> I was doing this weird event, an e hosting an evening with Kelsey Grammer, right? And it was, it was yeah. wonderful. Ooh. I got to hang out with Kelsey <laughs> Grammer. I got to do a 45-minute interview, 45-minute Q&A. He sang you happy birthday, didn't he? 
he's Fraser saying happy birthday to me and and he defended um Harvey Weinstein so um not at the same time that would have been weird but it was weird enough as it was <laughs> anyway so the day after that I phoned up the guy that got me the gig um this this kind of producer a guy called Rocco and just to you know I said just to phone up and say Hey man, I really enjoyed that. I would be up for doing more of those things because he does a lot of these things with like um, Schwarzenegger and Pacino and stuff like that. And he said, "Ah, oh, Ian, I've got a guy here with me um, who's big on the Beatles. Let me put you onto him." And he put this guy on. I think his name is Judd Landers, right? And uh, he said, "Ian, are you a fan of the Beatles?" And I went, "Yeah, they're okay." And he said, "Oh, I used to um, I used to live with Neil Aspinall in about wow. 68, 69." I said, "Whoa." And I went, right, first question, did you ever meet Magic Alex? And he said, oh, man, Alex, wow, he was so full of shit, but boy, oh, boy, he had some some great drugs. And we were <laughs> off, anyway, he's, he's, he's kind of producing this evening with this Dutch Beatles tribute band. And he said, do you fancy coming along? Oh, yes, please, I'm going to be there uh, and lapping it up. That is fantastic. I'm very, very jealous. I'm going to um, come around and inflict physical violence on you. I'm so jealous that you're going to see this. Beautiful. Uh, do you know the uh, the other thing on YouTube you should look for? I'm sure you've seen it. Um, the guy, I forget who it was, some American musician playing with his band. He's quite good, but he's not famous. Playing with his band, and he knew Giles Martin, and Giles Martin hadn't toyed with his affections. Giles Martin had followed through and had let him right. go into oh, the Abbey Road. And, uh, and Giles Martin said to him, look, we've got everything here we've got all the recordings of all the songs and we can we can strip down whichever track you want whichever instrument from whichever song what do you want to listen to and he says it's got to be the opening chord from hard day's night and yeah. they went they went through it have you seen this clip i've they, seen they the went, clip yeah they went through it um a, a, a instrument by instrument and worked out because the, the people themselves of course could never remember they just the three of them had you know, obviously it didn't matter what Ringo was playing, cause he, but the, 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 the three musical, the two guitars and the bass. Um, the John, and they're all playing well, different chords, aren't they? Well, they're playing the same, it's all the same chord, but it's um, but different variations of it. Different vo yeah, different voicings of which, and of course, one, I think one of them's a 12-string guitar, and so that gives you some more notes in there as well, or some more, you know, tones, or whatever you want to call it. Um, but they managed to recreate it, and when they play it, it's just I can't, magical. I can't think who that is. Um, because I've seen that video and it's a cracking video. Um... He's some American. I don't think he's particularly famous. I think that's what he's become famous for, he's been the guy who no, worked I out what the opening chord is. Oh, is I it? think he is famous. He's not, um, he's not one of the Eagles. He's someone, he's someone. What's your Paul McCartney story? And you're going to hear me tip-tapping ah. away while, I, while I'm Googling it. This is, no, oh, this is almost as though we planned it. As ever. It's a nightmare trying to plan it. If, if we did try to plan it, Ian, the way we could, with our tangents, that we just go off on it, wouldn't bloody work. But it sounds like we've, we've actually planned this. So well done, mate, for bringing me round to Macca. And it ties in. It's, uh, it's Randy Backman, by the way. Ah, there we go. That's it. This is Randy Backman uh, from Backman Turner Overdrive. You ain't seen nothing yet. Um, Tell me about The Macca and the Macca thing ties in with the Walk the Lines because we mentioned before the ads my book Walk the Lines which was a uh, travel book about London going around walking the whole tube system over ground and for years people like my brother once um, had said to me walking around London he's never lived in London I was living in London at the time and I was just showing pointing out things to him bits of trivia about places we passed he said you should be doing walking tours you should be doing guided tours where you take people around and give them all the trivia and um, 
I sort of quite like the idea in of it. You know, the sort of tart in you. The me, the, apart from anything else, the writer that sits at home staring at the computer screen all day likes the idea of getting out of the house. And uh, the sort of media tart that likes showing off a bit likes the idea of doing talks where you actually get to interact with human beings and give them a bit of knowledge in person rather than on the page. So I'd always looked for an excuse to do it. And when the London book came out, I thought, well, let's do it. So I started doing it just for fun. I put a few dates on the website and people came along and misguided people like yourself in the media plugged it for me and that got me even more people. And I do corporate ones now and private walks and doing one in a couple of weeks with a woman who's bought it for her husband's birthday and all that sort of stuff. Um, but, and this is where we get to the, uh, what's happening on Sunday. Sunday, 2.30 p.m., yes. I'm doing my district line walk, which goes from Victoria Station along the route of the district line to Embankment Tube Station. So it goes through Parliament Square. We do all the trivia about Big Ben and how Big Ben nearly fell over when they put the Jubilee Line extension in there. And other, you know, non-tube non trivia as well. Um, can, I just, can I just interrupt for a second, Mark? For those listening, <clears throat> going, uh, yeah, right, that sounds great. Here's the thing. Mark, Mark knows his trivia and he knows his facts, but... He knows the dull stuff as well, but he knows the, you know the really, no, you do, you know the really, really interesting stuff that hardly anybody else knows, and you tell it as you do in your books, you, you bring it to life, so it's not just some old guy holding an umbrella up and people following and going, well, of course, in 1866, you bring this stuff to life, man, so if, if anyone is considering this, then, then go and have some, go and, this is why you're on the show so often, because we love you coming and just blowing our minds with stuff every time. Oh, and I love you and your faulty judgment, and thank you so much for saying <laughs> that, my brother. Um, it's, and the checks in the post as usual. Um, thank you. That's the only time you ever refer to checks nowadays, isn't it? Is when you use that old cliche. I had to write a check last week. Oh my! God, I still have to write into my school. My son's primary school doesn't hasn't got internet banking yet. But anyway, still, it um, took me three attempts to do it. Anyway, yeah, go. <laughs> yeah. Um, to give an example of the trivia you mentioned, um, on a, yes. one of the other walks, I did the Piccadilly Line walk from Green Park up to Covent Garden. And one of the things on that is, as we're going along Piccadilly, for those of you that know your London West End, you know the Burlington Arcade, the very posh shopping arcade just off Piccadilly. Oh yeah. Um, one of the stops that I do is there, and I was doing this walk. Uh, a few years ago, about five or six years ago now. And um, I got to Burlington, okay, it was a beautiful summer's evening. This one's on Sunday afternoon, the one, the, the district line one coming up this Sunday. Uh, by the way, if people want the details, my Twitter is at WalkTheLinesLDN, because my first book that came out when I went on Twitter was Walk the Lines, so that's why my Twitter is at WalkTheLinesLDN, which will lead you to the website, theimportanceofbeingtrivial.com, and so you can get all the details. Um, but one of the other ones is the Piccadilly Line one. I was doing it a few years ago on a beautiful summer's evening. And I just got to the bottom of the Burlington Arcade and I was about to tell them why Paul McCartney is the only person in the world who's allowed to whistle in the Burlington Arcade. Now, oh, I know that you're... here we go. Do you, you, do you know this, Ian, or not? Have we ever spoken I about don't this? know. I do not know this. I do not know this. Oh. I've been waiting for this. Go on. Well... It's a beautiful little story. The Burlington Arcade, for those of you that don't know, really posh arcade. It's, in fact, I think it's 200 years old this year. I think it was 1819 it was open. And it's always been really posh. So the clothes and jewellery and all the other little trinkets sort of shops in there have always attracted very rich shoppers, which in turn, in the 19th century, used to attract pickpockets. And maybe still do, who knows. But the um, upstairs windows above all the shops were occupied by women of a certain profession who were friends with the pickpockets down below. And if the, if the prostitutes up on the first floor saw the beadles, the, the private police force that the arcade still has with beautiful uniforms who, who police the, you know, the comings and goings in the arcade, 
If they saw the Beatles about to approach and nick one of the pickpockets, the prostitute would whistle as a little coded signal to the pickpocket, leg it, and the Beatles are coming. So they, they did what anyone would do in that circumstance. They banned whistling. You are yep. not allowed to whistle in the, in the Burlington Arcade. And that's still the case today, obviously for very different reasons. This is one of those little bits of London trivia and history that people think is a joke. And you'll get Americans who'll turn up who've read it and they'll whistle, ha ha, and think they're very clever. The Beatles still come up and enforce it. In the, early oh. 19- in the early 1980s, a guy was looking in the, one of the windows, looking at whatever was displayed, and was whistling away to himself. So the beadle went up, tapped him on the shoulder, said, I'm very sorry, sir, you're not allowed to whistle in the arcade. As the man turned round, the beadle saw that it was Paul McCartney. So it really was the beadle and the beadle, haha. Yeah. And he, he backed away and he said, I'm really sorry, Mr. McCartney. He wasn't so tall then. He said, I'm really sorry, Mr. McCartney. If I'd known it was you, I wouldn't have enforced the ban. I hereby grant you a lifetime exemption from the whistling <laughs> ban. You are the only person in the world allowed to whistle in the Burlington. And to this day, McCartney, because, um, you know, his office is in Soho, not that far away, and he's walking around there the whole time. And he goes and he does some of his Christmas shopping there every year. And he's in throughout the year. He always gives a little whistle and the Beatles lift their top hat to him. And they say, you know, he's the only one allowed to whistle there. And to the extent that when he was first showing Nancy around uh, London, now his third wife, he'd yeah. taken her to see Savile Row, where the Beatles used to have the office. And then he walked around the corner to the, t- to the top, the north end of the Burlington Arcade. And he was telling her the story about he's the only guy in the world allowed to whistle there. And she refused to believe him. So he went up to one of the Beatles. He said, would you tell her it's true? I'm allowed to whistle. She refused to believe him. So anyway, it's a nice little story you do. There's lots of stuff about the Burlington Arcade, but that's one of the things. And I was about to do it. And this night, I've got a group of about 20 people. And two of them were a couple of girls in their 20s. I think they were Dutch. certainly foreign. And uh, they, I was 30 seconds away from starting to tell them about McCartney. I was telling them something else. And they were facing, the group was facing down Piccadilly towards Piccadilly Circus. I was obviously facing them, facing the other way back up. Oh, this isn't going where I think it's going to go, is it? Whoa, just you wait, Ian. Whoa, come on, Mark. As as I'm about to get to Macca's bit, the two Dutch girls were sort of nudged each other and were looking over my shoulder, looking down towards Piccadilly Circus. And just would stop listening to what I was saying and were just looking at whatever was happening beyond me. And within about three or four seconds, the whole group had done the same. I'd completely lost them. So I turned around. Paul McCartney was five yards away, walking up Piccadilly. Come on. With Nancy. And it turned out, I'll tell you exactly what it was. It's 2012, because it was the year of the Queen's Jubilee. And there'd been a party at the Royal Academy um, as part of the series of parties to celebrate her Jubilee. Uh, this was the artistic party, and at the Royal Academy, there were lots of great and good of the arts world there, and music and so on. And McCartney had been to that and was walking away from the party with Nancy. You could not did make you it not think? Did you not think of going up to him and saying, Paul, this whistling thing, how, how many times have you cashed that cheque? How many times have you been in there and flaunted that rule? Did you not go up to him? You know me well enough, Ian, to know that, you, and you know yourself well enough, you would have done exactly the same thing. I very quickly, because he stopped at the bottom of the arcade because he wanted, it was closing up for the night. I think it was getting to seven o'clock when it was found. They were drawing the gates across it. And I, the, the reason the gates are there is because of a brilliant robbery in 1964. I'll tell you about that in a minute. Yeah. But they were drawing the gates across and he wanted to cut through to get up to wherever, maybe his driver was picking him up, or maybe he was driving, I don't know. Uh, but he wanted to cut through to save walking all the way around and up Bond Street. 
And um, so I quickly explained to them how incredible this moment was and this coincidence. And then we said to him, Paul, are you going to give a whistle? But of course, he was, you know, it was Piccadilly. There were loads of people around him by that point anyway, so he didn't hear us. But I love, it was almost as if he had planned that moment just to give me a little story to tell on the radio to plug my walks. But I promise you, it was true. And that is the reason. You mentioned my novels earlier. That's the reason, one of the, that's typical of the reason that I stopped writing fiction and started writing non-fiction. Because that sort of thing happens to us all the time. You've got incredible coincidence stories like that. Anyone who's lived, certainly in London, where this sort of thing happens all the time, we've all got those stories. And then when it happens, people say to you, knowing that you're a novelist, they go, you put that in your next novel. But of course, if you put it in a novel, no one would believe it. You know it's true, because I'm telling you because it it happened for real. I write non-fiction. If I put that in a novel and, and a plot point depended on that happening, you'd go, that would never happen. You know. One of the few people I would go up to and approach, I don't go up to famous people, I, I, I went up to a beach boy, Al Jardine, he was rude to me. Uh, if I saw McCartney in the street, I'd go up to him. I'd have to go up to I'd have to go up to him, because I, I couldn't let him go past. I've, um, I've done it, uh, there's another story I've got about meeting outside Lords as well, but I won't, I've, let's, let's not get distracted. That is, um, I tend not to do it, as you say, because you just, what can you possibly say to them? that they haven't heard. Thanks. I'd just um, say thanks. That's it. I would just say thanks. If I, if the vibe felt right, I'd ask, you know, I'd even ask him for a selfie, but I would, I would sense the vibe. But I just, I just want to say thanks, you know. And he is really good. I don't want any of that. He is one of the people that, he's, you know, his cousin, um, who's Kate, uh, the actor. Kate Robbins has been on the show. Kate yes, Robbins. Kate Robbins. Absolutely. Um, she says, he always says to her, always be polite to the fans because they're the ones who put you where you are and she said she's never forgotten that um and he you will once in a while you will hear a story about maca snapping with someone but it's very very rare and when you think he's one of the most famous people on the planet it's just impossible for him to move around and he gets it all the time and he deals with it brilliantly so Mark, you know, stay there. We're gonna we're gonna plug the details of your your uh, your trip in a second. We need to take a break. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. You can call in and ask about this kind of stuff. You can call in about the Beatles. Or oh, dear listener, the show is open as per usual. You can call in about absolutely anything. We'll hear more from Catherine in a bit as well. It's slightly tricky with this this sort of half second uh, delay to talk over each other, but we will get there. This is the late night alternative on Talk Radio. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. By the way, you should, I don't follow anybody on Twitter, but you should all follow Walk the Lines LDM because I'm just scrolling through your Twitter feed and I have found uh, two facts. Here we go. In 1990, this is great, Catherine, listen to this. In 1990, the cash-poor USSR paid Pepsi for their drink with 17 submarines, a cruiser, a frigate and a destroyer. Pepsi sold these for scrap but were briefly the sixth largest military power <laughs> in the world. That's incredible, right? That's incredible. That was, I love, and there's this what one. What I love about doing it Go on, on Twitter, Ian, the, what I love about doing it on Twitter is, you know, I, I knew that, so I put that out, and people seem to like that. And then the beauty of Twitter is people come back and tell me things I didn't know, and then I can share them as well. If you look at the, the, the replies to that, one guy came back, he said, at the time it happened, one of the um, chief executive, or deputy chief executive, or whatever, uh, Pepsi, said to someone very high up in the US government, we're disarming the Russians quicker than you are. <laughs> which, <laughs> yes, which is a bit of a story. I'd never know. But I love that. And it, um, it's, 
And there's another, there's a, a Paul McCartney one. We're obsessed with the Beatles here, why not? When, and I didn't know this. When Paul McCartney played at the last ever concert at Shea Stadium in 2008, this is lovely, he was driven to the stage, because the stage is like miles out in the, miles out, but you, it's, a, it's, a, it's a long old trek from the dressing room to the stage. He was driven to the stage by the same man who drove the Beatles to the stage in 1965. That's wonderful. <laughs> It's a beautiful bit of video. It was a Billy Joel concert. Billy Joel was the headliner of the, they did last, the last two concerts before they knocked Shea Stadium down. And, uh, McCartney only just made it to the stadium in time to come on. And they did, I think I saw her standing there. Um, but yeah, the, in, in, in 2008, it was a little golf buggy thing that he drives in from backstage around the corridors and out onto the, to the side of the stage. And of course, the famous, I'm trying to, was it a white car? It was a white car in 65, yeah. wasn't it? I think that they were all I in. Think so, beautiful yeah, yeah. old big American, one of those big Chevys or whatever they were. Huge, big, beautiful thing. And it was the same guy driving the car. And he introduces himself in the little cliff backstage in 2008. McCartney gets in, about to be driven out. And the guy goes, uh, lovely to meet you. I was the guy that drove you in 65. McCartney shakes his hand and wow. it's just beautiful. Wow. Um, and here's the thing. Tie this back. Go on. Tie this back in one of my feeble attempts. Whenever I'm trying to, and my publishers tell me off when I come and do your show, they say, bloody stick to the button to talk about what you're supposed to be blogging. Is that you are the titan of the tangent, Ian, and we keep getting sidetracked, and yep. you know stuff. And yep. I'm anyway, to tie it back to, to Sunday, the walk, yep. I will be taking the people on the walk on Sunday. That bit of this, the district line, very near St. James's Park tube, goes past the building in which at least two of the Beatles. Yes, two of the Beatles got married, neither of them Paul, because Paul, two of his weddings have been at Marylebone Registry Office. But Caxton yes. Hall, Caxton Hall, which is between St. James's Park Tube and Victoria Tube, uh, was a registry office for a while, and it's where Ringo got married, and John got married there as well, I think. And it was um, also a very important political building, and Churchill used to do speeches there. So that ties it back to Sunday. I'm going to take it away from Sunday again. No, forget that, <laughs> because, uh, because that car thing is great. Catherine, if you want, next time, well, when I'm in next week, Catherine, I've got yeah. to show you the, the, the funniest videos. It, I, I guess, I don't know if it's still a thing, but in the 80s, when bands played like these big sports arenas, there would be a thing where they would, that each member of the band would stand on the back of a golf cart, usually, or, or a, like, a, you know, an old 50s convertible car, and would drive around. And two of the funniest videos I've ever seen are, A, the monkeys being driven just around and around the the, the stadium to, before they get to the stage, and there's one from the Beach Boys from about I guess 1982 because Dennis is still there. I can't remember what year Dennis died. Was it 81 or 83? Anyway, so Dennis and they're all you know heavily into their cocaine and heroin and booze, and they're just being driven around and waving, and it's like. Dennis Wilson from the Beach Boys. Carl <laughs> Wilson from the Beach Boys. Mike Love, and it just and it goes on for ages, and it's just the weirdest. It's a very, very American thing, right? What's happening Sunday then, Mark? Sunday, oh, I love you. You're cheering me up. I'm going <laughs> to knock it back. Um, You're going to do the business. Yeah, 2:30 p.m. I'm going to do the actual bloody stuff I'm supposed to do. I'm going to give them the detail. 2:30 p.m. Yeah. The walk starts at uh, outside Victoria Station on. Um, uh, opposite the Shakespeare pub. If you come out of the front, the easiest way to describe it is if you come out of the front of, uh, of um, Victoria Station, there's a pub opposite called the Shakespeare, which is famous because everyone goes in it to use the loos to, to avoid paying the 20p of Victoria Station. Opposite that, there is a statue of a guy on horseback called Marshall Foch, 
who was a French general in the First World War, and there's a beautiful little story about how he ties in with the Unknown Warrior, which I do at the start of the walk. Um, and so that's where we meet, 2.30pm. It's 8 quid. I keep meaning to put my prices up, because all these walks now are well north of 10 quid, and I'm still only charging at 8 quid. I should put my prices up. Anyway, so, and if they want the details of exactly where, and so there's no need to pre-book, you can turn up, but if you want to email me before to get any details or check anything, it's mark at theimportanceofbeingtrivial.com. And as Ian says, the Twitter is at WalkTheLinesLDN. I've just thought of one of my favourite stories from the war. I'm going to show a bit of ankle now and give one of the stories from yeah, the war on. On, um, on Sunday, which is Of Alley. Are you familiar with Of Alley near Charing Cross Tube Station, Ian? No, not at all. It's at the back of, just on the Strand, there's a McDonald's next to Charing Cross. And around the back of it, the little alleyway yeah. that runs down the back, it well, was called Of Alley. Very annoying, and they've renamed it York Place now. But under sign says... York Place, formerly of Alley, and the reason it's called that is that that land between the Strand and the river there was Oh, I know, I know the place. Of course I do, yes. Yeah. Was so, it's off Villiers Street, which is crucial yeah. for the story as well. Villiers Street is the one that runs from the Strand down with all the restaurants on and, and, and you know, coffee shops down to Embankment Tube Station and to the river. And all that land there used to be owned by George Villiers, the Duke of Buckingham. And yeah. it was most of it was his massive London house, which they knocked down, because he sold the land to the state in 1672 for 30,000 quid, which in 1672 was a lot of money. But he wasn't happy with that. He didn't just want the money. He decreed that his name be commemorated in streets that were going to be built on the land. So when they developed it, they built Villiers Street, because he was George Villiers. Did you him? Yeah. There was a Villiers Street, there was a George Street, there was a Duke Street, and there was a Buckingham Street. But even that wasn't enough. He decreed that every part of his name have a street named after it, and he was the Duke of Buckingham. So they had to name an alley of Alley. Oh. And that's the... And that's the reason that I was named for that. And they, they you know, in, only a few years ago they renamed it. But the sign still said York Place, formerly of Alley. And that's one of the little stories typical of the deeply intellectual historical trivia that you can get to hear on Sunday. Mark, what happened, right, because you do these tours. I've seen these tours wandering around through through towns and stuff. And I, I, uh -huh. I, What happens if someone just kind of joins the tour halfway through, you know, sees a group of people, oh, I'll follow this. Do you have to have the embarrassing conversation? I'm really sorry, but this is, uh, this is eight pounds. And do you do that? What I do is at the very start of the, of the walk, all the people that have paid, I have a little agreement with them that if that does happen halfway through the walk, we all surround the man or the woman who's turned and, 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 and with menaces we extract. No, I don't know. It's never. You know what? It's never actually, it's, it's never actually happened. It'd be interesting to see what the, you get people popping in. And yeah, I mean, after like the first stop, you do have, have someone come along and say, can I join now? And yeah, you know, they're happy to, to do that. Um, yeah. But it's, you know what, it's, um, it's, it's one of those, especially with a place like London, very often I'm learning stuff, like, you know, you, I'll do something on the show and you'll know something about it, especially if it's to do with the Beatles or something. So I'll learn from that. Um, that thing on Twitter with the Pepsi thing the other day, I didn't know the thing about what the executive said to the politician. So you learn from that. And people constantly on the walk, you get some beautiful stories of people turning up who, you know, either they used to work for the Tube or they worked for one of the firms that we went past or they'll know a little bit of history. And at its, at its, at its best, it's sort of a group thing and you know they will chip in and it's um it's a wonder london's that sort of place where you get the coincidences and you get people knowing very personal perspectives and stories about what happened to them um and one of the other little stories is 
this was in the news, uh, I think five years ago, something like that. Um, there was, someone had told me, after the book came out, my London book, Walk the Lines, someone had told me that the only remaining platform where they were playing one of the very early Mind the Gap announcements by an actor called Oswald Lawrence was at Embankment's tube station and specifically on the yeah. northbound platform at the Northern Line. And then a couple, I did that, uh, someone told me that at a talk that I'd done at the Transport Museum in London. So um, a couple of weeks later, I happened to be on that platform about to get a tube from there. And I said to the guard, is it true that this is the, the last remaining platform when they're doing this guy's announcement? He said it was true until about six months ago. And then they stopped doing it. And a few weeks after that, they got a letter from a Mrs. Lawrence. She said, dear TFL, I am Oswald Lawrence's widow. He died a few years ago. I don't have any recordings of his voice, none of the films he did or anything wow. like that. I don't have any recordings. And she said, I used to come and sit on the platform to listen to his voice because it was the only oh, one I had man. of his voice. And they said, God bless, I'm not, I get no money from TFL. I'm not, I haven't got any skin in their game, but I, I think it's beautiful of them. They put it back for her. They put the announcement back. And in the meantime, before they put it back, they, they gave her a CD of her husband saying, Mind the gap. <laughs> and then they put it... Oh, how wonderful. There now. So that's one of the other little stories. And so that's the example of where, you know, that came to me after I'd written the book. Someone who read the book came to me at the talk and said, do you know this? All right, listen, we have to let you go in a second. I have tweeted uh, the links and all the places to go to. At Walk the Lines LDN is, is the Twitter. If you click on that, it takes you everywhere. I have just tweeted it as well. Uh, we have a question from Peter. This is the, the, the modern world. Someone is listening to us in Australia. Peter says, Ian, can you ask Mark if Walk the Lines is available in audiobook? Is it? Do you know what? It isn't. I, a few people have said that, and it's, they've done other of my books in audio, but for some reason we haven't got around to doing that one. I must have a word with the publishers. Yes, we will get around to doing it, I promise you. Do it, do it, do it. Uh, Mark, uh, it's always lovely to talk to you. I'm really sorry that we had to change things tonight, but thank you for being so understanding. The next time we'll, we'll sort it out that I haven't got the lurgy, um, and, and we'll get you in, and um, let us know how it goes on Sunday. So we'll do it. Ian, it's a pleasure as ever. You get yourself soon, well, mate, and we'll, uh, we'll speak soon, I'm sure. Thank you very much, Mark Mason. He's good, isn't he, Kath? Oh, he's he's I'll so tell you good. why he's good. We haven't got to do anything for an hour. No. He's like Dennis Le Courier. We just wind him up and they go. <laughs> the thing is, one, one interesting story leads to another, leads to another. He's just wonderful. I could sit there and listen all he's day. He's good. I, I, I would, there are very few famous people I would walk up to and approach. Um, so I did it with Al Jardine, rhythm guitarist from the Beach Boys, and he was he was a bit arsy, but I, you know what? I'm glad I did it. Uh, Paul McCartney... I would do, I mean, I've, I've walked past Ray Davis so many times when I lived in Muswell Hill, but I'd interviewed him at that point. Um, I can't think of anybody apart from McCartney that I would go straight up to uh, and, and approach. A any famous people that you would? Um, let me have a think. McCartney, I think I would feel li like I could for some reason. You have to with McCartney, yeah. don't you? You have to, I think. But generally, I do that thing where I try to pretend I'm not noticed while looking out of the far corner of my eye, moving my head the other way. Also, we've got an in with McCartney. We just go, hey, Paul, we know your brother. And your cousin. We're good, we're good friends with your brother. Yeah, and cousin. We're good, we're good friends with them. Come on, mate. Let's go, go, go come and pay off my mortgage. Exactly. I'm sure he's... Your mortgage, I'm sure like they both discussed uh, their conversations with us with him in depth. So, <laughs> I mean, he'd be coming up to us, if anything. But, mate, imagine if he did, right? Imagine if Mike McCartney said um after the show had such a good time he sent a little whatsapp 
uh, message to Paul. Hey, our kids, you never, you never guess. I was just on this radio show and uh, it was we had a great laugh. You know, it's it's great fun. You know, you, you never know, Catherine. You just never know these days. It could happen. Go, oh, yeah, hello. Um, okay, well, um, I'll give him a call. Uh, let's go to Gatford. Do you know how to work the phone system there, Catherine? He said patronisingly, but realising that it's, it's a little bit fiddlier than it looks. It's on. Hello. Is it on? Hello, Gatford. Thank you for waiting. Uh, what can we do for you? It, that, that was a fascinating conversation. Do you think the, the title of the show, Beatles, whether they go watch out Beatles about, is from that as well? Yeah, it must be. It must have come, uh, it must have come from that. I can't think of any other thing that it could have come from. And that's yeah, why it started off, um... Didn't the first series start off with a prostitute whistling? <laughs> have I got that right? I believe the, the opening so. title, yeah, I'm I sure I have. Can you libel the dead? I don't think you can, can you? So you're okay. Um, well, I know, I, well, first of all, there's no, there's no libel in there at all. I've not said anything uh, about uh, no, Mr. No, Mr. No, Jeremy I, I Beadle just, himself. It was an unrelated question. What can we do for you, Gatford? Well, um, I, you know it's going to be really hot on Saturday, apparently. Yeah. I just wondered, um, any tips that I could have about how to keep cool? Yeah, put an ice cube up your ass. <laughs> oh, my God. Listen to BBC Local Radio, it'll be full of those tips. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> Full of those tips. <laughs> <laughs> Not those tips. No, it's it's, it's going to jump from, you know, like now to about, what, 30-odd degrees. And I, I'm, I'm a bit worried. I'm going out Saturday up London and I'm a bit worried. Well, OK, put two ice cubes up your bum. I don't know. Don't go out for crying out loud. What well, well, Oh, Saturday. Well, ah... Are you coming to the free event that I am hosting with Greg Turkington, a.k.a. Neil Hamburger? Uh, I think it's either 5 or 5.30 at Rough Trade Records West. Is that where you're going? No. But I Cut him off. Cut I... him off. Cut it... him off. Cut him off. Cut him off. I don't want to talk to that Gafford guy. Gafford who? Uh, free event, Saturday afternoon. If you want to come along, Rough Trade West, uh, is it 5 or 5.30? Get there for 5. Uh, me and Greg Turkington, uh, I'm going to have a little interview with him. There'll be a Q&A, and then he's going to sign um, a load of the On Cinema uh, books. I'm done doing that. And then I'm going to go and see Neil Hamburger in the evening. What a what a night. And then Sunday, I'm going to go and see a Dutch Beatles band play Abbey Road in Abbey Road, Boyley. Incredible. I should have been going, but I've uh, forgotten and I offered to do a nice thing for my sister, which is take on her children for the <laughs> night. And I thought it would be very bad of me to go, right, okay, so, see ya, I'm going bring, out. Bring the kids to Neil Hamburger. What could possibly <laughs> go wrong? He's, Imagine. he's very, very rude. Very filthy. Yeah. Um, listen, I'm really sorry. This sounds a little bit weird. I'm doing this from home. I'm not feeling great. Um, and that's the reason you're hearing a little bit less, Catherine, because there's ever such a slight delay. We've got a couple of really interesting guests after the news. Then we're going to dive into the phone calls. And I promise, I promise, I promise there'll be more, Catherine. Now is a great time to call in 0344 499 1000. This is Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAV. Take a far out trip into the twilight zone of late night radio with Ian Unmissable late night radio with the original king of unconventional conversation. Make contact with Ian Lee. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Incredible scenes, incredible scenes. I'm doing this from home because I'm poorly. I was told um, by two doctors I might be dying. I don't think I am dying. I don't think I am, but I panic. You, you know, when two doctors. Oh, here she's back. 
yeah, 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 she's yeah. back. I'm the one who's 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 potentially got a, a lethal condition, and I'm still turning up for work, and you're late. I know, but I've got to keep the troops watered, haven't I? I have to get a salmon cup cappuccino. I'm I made a cup of tea. You know, you have to go and press a button on a cappuccino machine. I've made myself a cup of tea and I've um, put some, uh, I've taken, I've opened an Amazon package. It was some gardening gloves. Oh. And um, I've played with the cats. Well, you're a multitasker. Well done. <laughs> um, anyway, so I'm doing the show from home because I'm not feeling so great. But uh, you can still call in 0344 499 1000. Now, I'm off tomorrow. That, that's been planned for ages, so please don't read anything into that. I'm taking my boys to see Dan TDM. And what they don't know is uh, I got I got backstage passes and hopefully they're going to meet their hero. It is going to blow their tiny minds. But that means that you're doing the show tomorrow, Catherine. Yeah. Now, whenever, um, and we're going to phone you up and let you know how it goes, but Whenever I've listened in before, when it's my show and you're producing it, you know, we just kind of rock up and do it. But when it's your show, you put a load of effort into it and book loads of guests. So, well, I'm not doing that what's tomorrow. What's that about? I'm not doing that tomorrow. Oh. I, I only do it if it occurs to me to do it, but I just thought, oh, it's not worth it for one day, is it, tomorrow? I'll just, I'll just uh, wang on like you do. Sorry? I don't know. I, I, I do more than that. Uh, by the way, dear listener, I am holding in my hands um, a very, very special book. Um, this is called The Chronicles of the Ancient Wizards of Avalon oh. by Sir Uriel Enoch Sinclair. On the back it says, This book is dedicated to all those readers who have lived a hard life and received, or shall receive, divine intervention from the great, great creator and who are intelligent enough to know the fine line between mythology and reality sometimes disappears and they both join together as one. Ooh. For one human's junk is another human's treasure, and one human's superstition is another human's religion. Can I just say, my I've junk is my here. business, so it's no other human's treasure. When they say, which, is, which means the ass, is it the junk or is it the trunk? Well, well, which? Here's the thing, right? I've heard it both ways. I've heard them talking about she's got all the junk in the trunk. But I've also heard, oh, he was playing with his junk. Well, so, well, well. it can be very, very confusing. <laughs> I think that is something different. Dear listener, call in 0344-499-1000. But before that, I just want to, uh, we're going to have a quick chat with a, uh, well, with a guy, two guys, uh, one of whom I met. We keep talking about this um, Kelsey Grammer uh, 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 thing. All roads seem to lead back to Kelsey Grammer, it would say. It would seem. Wasn't that a great night, Catherine? Oh, it was huh? so much fun. Hanging out with Kelsey? Yeah. Let's just think back to when it was when we were cool. Couple of weeks ago. Anyway, <laughs> it was a couple of weeks ago. It's all gone down. I'll be cool again tomorrow in front of the eyes of my nine and seven year olds, and then that's it. I'm done. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, while we we're there, I met uh, a really interesting guy called uh, Darren Young, who is doing uh, he's, do he's doing something really stupid, as far as I'm concerned. And he tried to they tried to rope me in to get me involved in it, Kath. I told him to told him to get lost. I didn't tell them to get lost. They're they're, they're ex vets. So, uh, ex-service men. So, uh, you know, I, 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 from this distance, I feel comfortable telling them to get lost. Uh, but he was telling me about his friend James Rose. And I think, I think, I think, I think, it's always difficult when we're doing this remotely. I think we've got Darren and James on the line. Is that right? Are you there, gentlemen? Yes, yes, honey. Uh, yes, I'm here as well. 
All right, listen, let's start with, this is going to be really complicated because we're all scattered in different, completely different places. I'm not in the studio, you're not. Anyway, let's start with you, Darren. Darren, nice to speak to you again, mate. Tell us, um, uh, this Kelsey Grammer thing, you came out and did a little sort of speech before. You were very, very nervous. Well done for doing it. Um, you also came out and held the birthday cake at the end for the ridiculousness <laughs> that ensued. And well done for not shaking it, because I know standing in front of a thousand people is not your normal setting. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and what this ridiculous event is. I say ridiculous, only because I'm a, a very lazy armchair person. Tell us about this amazing event that you're involved with. Um, well, my background is I was in the Royal Air Force Fire Service for 16 years. Um, I was a very active um, sports person while I was in there and playing um, a number of different sports, be it basketball, um, football, cricket, athletics. Um, and then all of a sudden it came to a complete end in 2006 when I was medically discharged with spondylosis of the spine. Um, and since then, um, it's been really, really hard to try and do any sport whatsoever because of the pain what I'm in. However, um, long story cut short, uh, 2017 I was lucky enough to go to the Warrior Games um, and then subsequently the next year 2018 um, I went to the Invictus Games uh, where that's where I met James uh, so we all know that um, Invictus Games is Princess Harry's uh, little project which has just grown from yeah. um, year to year and getting bigger and bigger. All right so James t tell, tell me what your background and what you were doing and um, nice to meet you by the way we've not met before yet uh, and, yeah. and tell us about the, your, your background and, and what you were doing at Invictus. Yeah uh, my background is um, uh, I served in the army I was in the second battalion the Yorkshire regiment and um, served them for about six years which four, four of them were in rehabilitation because um, I got injured in Afghanistan um, in 2009 and um, yeah so Obviously, got injured in 2009, so uh, done about four or five years in Headley Court. That's, uh, that's like a rehab, rehabilitation unit. Um, came out there, then I'll cut a long story short from all that. Um, we ended up at the Invictus game somehow. Um, <laughs> that's, where, uh, that's where I met Darren in the, um, the sitting volleyball team. James, uh, can I say, because you say you, you got injured. You, you got, I mean, you got spectacularly injured. You, you had both your legs amputated, didn't you? Oh yeah, yeah. Both, both my legs. Um, both, well, one of them. Uh, the initial blast, my right leg was blown clean off. Um, I fractured wow. my pelvis at the fractured my pelvis at the time. Um, my left leg was hanging on by well, threads or whatever, pieces of skin. I couldn't save it. Um, I died a few times, brought him back to life. Um, but they didn't think I was going to make it at all when I got back to Birmingham. So I like it, yeah, just. Telling my family to prepare for the worst. I'm, so. I'm chuckling. I'm chuckling, James, because <laughs> an injury. When I injured, I injured myself today trying to set up this bloody studio at home, and that was me grazing <laughs> my knuckle against the wall. I've got blood on the wall. That is an injury. You, you're telling what you're telling me is a little bit more than an injury. That's incredible, man. That you made it. You made it through. Yeah, it's, it's quite surreal, actually. I mean, like. Do you know, if, when you're watching it, this is what it feels like when you just, it might sound a bit, a bit strange to tell you this, but when you're, when you're about to die, you actually, it actually feels like, do you know, when you're watching a really good film and you, you can't keep your eyes open and you always want to do is fall asleep. Well, that's, yeah. that's what it's like, that's what it's like when you, when you just want to give up, but I just kept my eyes open and, yeah, I just powered through wow. it. God knows how like. And, uh, 
Well, and if I'm asked, if I ask anything that's inappropriate, then just tell me to jog on. You know, I'm not going to argue with you. You're a proper hero. But <laughs> when, um, when you, you kind of came out the other side and you were alive, but you realise both your legs are gone. Yeah. How do you, how does your brain deal with that? That has got to be a, that's got to be a huge thing to try and work around, isn't it? Uh, it was, it was quite, I, I, well, when I walk up, I walk up in intensive care in Birmingham and, my, in my initial thoughts were, I, lift, I, like, I lifted myself up and like, I had my hands and I felt my legs and I couldn't feel my legs. So I was like, all right, I've got no legs, so what am I going to do from here? Um, and I remember, the, I, mem- I remember the nurse coming in, the ne- yeah, one of the nurses came in, she asked me if I wanted anything. Um, and I, I think I remember saying to her, can I have a telly? And she came in with a telly and some chocolate fingers. And I said, I don't want them chocolate fingers, I want some... Effing legs. <laughs> 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 she just she just didn't know where to look and she was like she just, just walked off. <laughs> but yeah. Well, but it, but there, there must have been I know that, that, that um when I was speaking to Darren as well about de- about depression and about how you know, when you kind of, you are unable to do the job that you have spent so much time training for, yeah. your whole life has been around that, you, you sort of, it's easy to lose your sense of purpose and to lose who you are as a human being and who you are as a man and it can, it can get, go to a very dark place. Did you, did you go there? Did you get the depression? Yeah, well, I've, I've only just recently been diagnosed with, like, mental health issues about, about two, about, yeah. Yeah, about two years ago now. Um, but when I look back, all the signs were there, but I just like failed just to read them. I just plodded along thinking, oh, I'm fine, I'm still alive, I'm doing stuff. But yeah. I, when, when I look back now, I think, yeah, I was definitely in a really, really bad place and it's not, it's not good. And that's where like the sport and stuff came in. Um, so I, used to, I used to do rowing. I was in the, the GB development squad for power rowing. And that really, that really helped me. So that, that's what really got me out of the dark hole, really, just basically sports. And and the Invictus Games have been a huge success for for you. Uh, what, what, silver and bronze, is that right? What what sports were you doing? Yeah, I was doing sitting volleyball with Darren um, and wheelchair wheelchair basketball. And um, we got the bronze and basketball and, silver and volleyball. I saw, I saw the sitting uh, volleyball uh, at the Olympics in 2012. I, I, I wasn't bothered by the Olympics. I'm not really into sports, and I wasn't bothered by the Olympics. And then my whole family are away, and, and I thought, well, do you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll see what I can get a ticket for today. And I ended up at the sitting um, basketball. Uh, sorry, bas- sitting volleyball. My God, that's some sport, man. Yeah, I, I, I had no idea what to expect when I went and sat in there, and I was there for like a couple of hours watching it. That is, um, That looks exhausting. Yeah, it's, it's pretty full on. People just think, oh, volleyball, it's sitting volleyball, it's nothing, but honestly, if, yeah. when, you, when you, when you first try it, it's nuts. It's, everything, everything on your body's aching the next day. You can't move, you can't sit down. If you're in a wheelchair, like, like me, most of the time, sitting down, you, you know, and all your shoulders, your elbows, everything's just in pain. <laughs> it is some, it's something to see, something to see. Right. Now. Uh, not content with just just winning a silver and a bronze, you're off to do something. And I'm going to say it, James uh, and Darren. Th- this sounds absolutely ridiculous. Um, <laughs> you're you're going to climb Kilimanjaro. Is that right? Yes. Um, yeah, it does sound good. I keep I keep putting myself in these situations. I mean, uh, when I was rowing, I nearly drowned, and so I, I, I had to pack that in. So then I, I took up hand hand cycling. I don't know if you've seen them, but them, them like big three-wheeler, three-wheel bikes, what you basically use your arms with. Yeah. Pedal. 
Um, I was on one of them and got run over. Um, now I'm doing, now I'm doing, kill, now I'm doing Kilimanjaro. I'm just like, why do I put myself in these situations? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I think I think God's trying to give you a message, mate. He's blown your legs off. He's he's yeah. tried to drown you. He's nearly knocked you over. This is going to be a disaster. Darren, yeah, tell us what is ha uh, tell us what is happening. How is this working, and and why are you involved in this? Um, well, some people might say I'm the brains behind this, but um, all it is, I've just got a passion to get uh, mental health awareness out there. Um, and with myself suffering with depression, and um, James suffering with post traumatic stress disorder, which June this year is post-traumatic stress dis disorder awareness month and um, so we, we're just trying to push it as much as we can and we do certain things in the military which push our bodies to the boundaries and you just get on with it and people tell you to suck it up and man up all of them old sayings what used to be around for depression and um, mm. but we want to try and get rid of that stigma and we want to try and make sure that people are okay to talk about things so we could have gone to Snowden, that would have been a lot easier. We could have gone to Ben Nevis, that would have been easy. <laughs> Why do easy when you've got the, the biggest freestanding mountain in the world just at your doorstep, um, well, doorstep, 16 hours flight away, which is going to be a problem because with James um, having no legs, his stumps um, where he's going to be flying might swell up. So it's going to be a challenge just to get to the bottom of uh, the mountain. Um, but these are things what everyone in the military knows, and this is what we want to do. And it's not just military. I've got my wife coming along with us to um, make sure that we do certain things and we keep active, and she's going to try and keep us um, fully fit right up till we fly. Um, we've got a couple of other guys coming as well, which aren't ex-military, so they're going to have to mould into our um, sense of humour going back to, um, as you say, if you say something wrong, just tell me to jog on type thing, but we can't do yeah. that on a mountain, especially James, because he's got no, no. legs. <laughs> now, James, I saw, uh, we, 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 uh, Darren um, tweeted a video, and I retweeted it. If you tweet me something else afterwards with all the links in, Darren, I'll retweet that. Your technique okay, is, is uh, you, you've not got, like, full, for the climb, am I right? You're not using, kind of, full prosthetic legs. You're using, like, sh what, what exactly are you using? Yeah, well, it's, it's basically the um, the socket, what you what you'd normally have on your leg. Then it's it's basically like a foot, what goes on the bottom of the socket. So all you've got is your. So your it's like it's like a foot on the knee, kind of. Yeah, well, like like my my um, my stump's like above knee, so I've got no knees. So all it is is right. It's okay. Basically, it's basically a carbon fibre socket over my stump, then like a foot on the bottom. So you, you can make them as long as you want, but the shorter they are, this. The, the more agile you're going to be, so there's like big rocks or whatever, then you're going to be able to climb over them and stuff like that. And there's, uh, you're using your arms a lot. There's kind of a lot of scrabbling as you go along, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. It just that's, it just depends how, how steep. It, like if it's if the steeper it gets, then I, I can go, I'm going to be crawling. Um, but if it's if it's flat, then I can just walk walk flat on that. You see, but like yeah, like you say, the steeper it is, then I'm going to be crawling up it, which is going to be a it's going to be. Can a you help. not? I don't know. Is it is it not possible? Uh, I, I'm not. No one would tell. I'm sure you're a, you're a hero. No one's going to grasp you up. Could you not put like little wheels on there with with a motor or you know sort of like a big track style thing just to give you a little boost? Would that not be possible? I, I'm thinking of um, making my own little trolley. So when I get the top, I can just like fly down in a in a trolley. <laughs> It'd be like National Lampoon's with the old drip tray, the silver tray, flying down. <laughs> That's what you need. Yeah. 
does it like, does it hurt does i mean obviously doing any kind of climbing is gonna is gonna hurt whether you got your legs or not but do you is there an extra pain because of the pressure you're, you're putting on the the stumps yeah um, it's it's not so much on the stumps i guess i guess loads of blisters on my legs i've got blisters now from climbing and stuff like that it's it's mainly like your lower back and your hips because that's what's taking all the all the force when you like your back because you're basically just bouncing about on right. your legs yeah it's not, not like a fluid movement so but yeah there's i've got blisters all over my legs at the minute i've got i've got cramp in my leg at the minute as well i can't get, get rid of the bloody cramp <laughs> but yeah it's, well the bliss i think the bliss is the worst the only thing that's going to stop me i think the blisters all right. Well, I think I think it's I think it's incredible what you're doing. Uh, I'm going to go to the brains of the of the organisation, James. That's his words, not mine. Uh, okay. Darren, how can people get involved, and um, where do people go, and, and what can they do? Um, well, we're trying to get onto a lot of social media. Obviously, starting off with um, yourself, what's been fantastic, right from the Kelty Grammar, um, like your tweet of this evening. Um, the main area what we're looking at is we've got a crowdfunding page which is called Road to Killy. Um, and that's what we're trying to raise money for. What we're hoping to do is to raise enough money to raise awareness for mental health awareness, but we want to make it into a documentary, um, because James is going to be the first ever uh, double amputee to try and attempt this, and if he gets up to the top, it's going to be a world record. Um, it's not just about world records, it's about raising awareness, but one of the things what we've got to do is we've got to make sure that James gets to the top and comes back down all healthy. So we've got specialist equipment. James has gone on about his legs um, and I think he's just been given a new set of legs which, um, correct me if I'm wrong, I think was around about £100,000 for a set of legs, his normal daily legs what he walks in. Um, yeah. it, it's ridiculous amounts of money. Um, but what we're trying to do is raise this money so that people in the future, they can do these things. When I first spoke to James out in Australia for the Invictus Games, and I mentioned about this, one of the first things he said was, how am I supposed to do this? I've got my legs. I said, well, that doesn't stop you. Okay, let's look at the other ways around it and try and sort this out. Let's come up with yeah. um, answers instead of just complaints about things. And as soon as I mentioned that, James has been on board from day one. Um, so the main aim, what we're trying to push people towards, is the crowdfunding page, uh, which I'll send a link to you, and if you could retweet it, that'd be great. Um, My absolute pleasure. No, that'd be brilliant. Uh, guys, Thank listen, so I've just, just, just tossed a few quid into the hat. I wish you the, both the very best of luck. Keep in touch with us, uh, gentlemen, and let us know it goes. Thank you for your service. Thank yeah, you for, cheers. you know, showing people that f the physical changes, disabilities, whatever we call them, you know, that life doesn't end. And also that life doesn't end, doesn't have to end, uh, if you're struggling with mental health and depression and anxiety and all of that stuff. You know, I think uh, what you're doing is inspiring to a lot of people. So best of luck, Darren, and best of luck, James. Yeah, thank you. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. There we go. There we go. It's Darren Young. It's James Rose. Uh, if you're following me on Twitter, at Ian Lee, I'm going to retweet um, the link to go and give him a few quid to do that. And I've, uh, we posted a video as well. And it's uh, James's technique is incredible. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. Um, right. Calls are plenty, please. 0344 499 1000. This is the Late Night Alternative with Ian and Kath on Talk Radio. It's a late night lip service for lovers, loners and lounge lizards. Yeah, well, where, where exactly is your accent from? The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. Oh, I've forgotten your name already, excuse me. On Talk Radio. 
344-499-1000 is the telephone number. Over to Catherine Boyle, live in the studio. Yeah, I'm trying to drag Valerie down, but he won't pop down. Hang on a sec. What's going on here? Right. No one works, um, though. Is this, is this the click, famous double, phone? Is double clicking it? Yeah, no, hang on a minute. Here, here we go. You Valerie, Valerie you are you there? Good evening. There she is. Yes, I'm here. Good evening. Hey, Valerie. What's going on? How are you this evening? Very well, thanks. If you're not the Valerie I thought you were going to be, I thought you were going to be Valerie asking for a photo of Ian. That was a Valerie, wasn't it, Ian? I believe it was, yes. What can we do for you, other Valerie? I'm a Valerie from the United States calling in. I did, I did detect a little accent. <laughs> my, my husband's the author. Aha, Ian. Oh, I'm holding, <laughs> so I'm holding you. the book, Valerie. I was wondering, I'm he in... didn't get a chance to ask you the other night. He wanted to know if he could play a song for you on the guitar that he named after his book that's recently published. <laughs> yes, he can. I'm holding the book in my hands now. I'm sniffing it. The book arrived today, and I might be reading some passages from it later on. I would, Catherine, would you like to hear a song from 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 Sir Uriel Enoch Sinclair? Would I ever? Take it away, guys. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. The song's called, I, I, I named this song after my second only published book called The Chronicles of the Wizard of Avalon. It was like this.
Dave's Dave's tweet. Jesus, how many false endings does this song have? <laughs> oh. Oh. It's techno. That must be a relief for you. That is uh, wonderful. This guy, that's actually longer than the book. Uh, it takes longer to play that than it is to read the book. You guys are brilliant. We love you. Thank you so much. I think we all need a little break. Experience the unconventional. Hello. The unpredictable. Don't you think that's a bit weird? And the completely unorthodox. It was my birthday. With rule-free Ian Lee. Uh, I was just trying to generate a bit of content. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. Hate alarm clock. Hate going to work. On Talk Radio. Um, 0344-499-1000. That reminds me a lot. Uh, Sam, after the news at midnight, could you find Dudley Moore Beethoven Sonata parody? Uh, it it reminds me of that. It's up on YouTube and, um, we'll play that after midnight. But before... Oh, no, come on, you're not...
lady on a hill. There's a pretty lady on a hill. Hill lady, marry me. <laughs> Reminded me of when your mum says you have to wait until she's finished talking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. I thought he, I like that that family. Did he write like that down? Two. That's the big question. I want to see the. <laughs> well, <laughs> see the sheet music well, for that. Well, well, well. I have got the. I have got his. Uh, here we go. Let's open. This is this is the Chronicles of the Ancient Wizards of Avalon. Sorry, I'm not even talking into the microphone. Um, I'm just going to open it at a random page. <laughs> Merlin said, I don't blame you for being doubtful and scared. You are only so human. In any case, for any face, you are welcome, my queen, for you are loving, understanding, and fair. <laughs> Alicia said, Alicia? Thank you, Merlin. Alicia. The old druid said, You're welcome, my queen. I'll let you go for now, because I know you have duties at home waiting. Alicia said, you're right, Merlin. Thank you for taking time to talk to me, sir. Merlin said, As usual, my lady, it was an honour and a pleasure. <laughs> Lightning came out of the sky and struck the ground next to him. Merlin the Magnificent disappeared into thin air. Air, not hair. Alicia went home and cooked dinner. And King William the Fourth just walked through the front door and said, My Queen, I'm home! <laughs> oh my God! Alicia was just taking the cast iron crock pot out of the wood stove. A crock pot? Alicia said, isn't she, isn't she a queen? Why is she handling crock pots? I'm here, my love. William op opened up the kitchen doors, came in, wrapped his arm around Alicia and gave her a big hug. He said, hello, my sweet. How have you been? How was your day? Alicia told her husband about the conversation she'd had with Merlin the Magnificent and everything they both said, as well as how he appeared in front of her when they first met and how he disappeared into thin air after they were through talking. King William the Fourth was impressed. Her <laughs> husband said, It sounds Merlin was trying to get to know you and give you some concerned advice for me to improve my strategy, tactics and techniques for future possible but not inevitable war. Oh, that's a great line. To improve my tactics for future possible but not inevitable war. <laughs> he needs not to worry, for I have consulted with expert politicians and businessmen about strategic negotiations for future, more improved foreign policy. <laughs> I have been secretly studying psychology, sociology and public relations <laughs> to increase my education of Great Britain, the United Kingdom. Um, public relations? Uh, <laughs> Last, last bit of this page. This is incredible. <laughs> Alicia said, Really, my love? I did not know. I should have made a posher, but we're stuck with the voice now. Before you graduate, congratulations, my husband. I now love you even more. William hugged and kissed Alicia and said, Thank you, my wife and queen. I would still love you, even if you didn't congratulate me, because I love you even more. <laughs> oh, there we go. Oh, hang on. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. When is this book set? Right? Because then we jump forward a bit. So they have their dinner. 
<laughs> William and Alicia ate for an hour, went to the bathroom, took baths, flossed and brushed their teeth, put on deodorant, <laughs> put on their pyjamas and went to bed. Well, Night left and morning came. It was a beautiful day just the same. You but, know, you don't get that level set? of detail about people's ablutions in historical fiction, so... <laughs> When is that? Um, oh, when is this set? They, they flossed. Oh. But when, it, when is this book set? This book is set. This book is set in the olden days, well, right? Well, you don't get many Alicia's in the olden days. Oh, this is a great line. <clears throat> Listen to the detail here. All right. <clears throat> I've just gone to another bit. George and Peter were studying to be college professors. John was studying to be a scholar, a poet, a musician, a writer, and a shaman. Is this going to be a mathematical puzzle? <laughs> if one uh, takes five No, it's going to be a very precise, it's going to be a very precise location. <laughs> the difference in the geographic location of the brothers' education was that the other six brothers went to the same school, Cambridge University, in Trinity Lane, <laughs> Cambridge, CB2, 1TM, <laughs> United Kingdom. <laughs> Um, hang on, right, hang on a minute, you know they just flossed, Yeah. Right? Well, according to the first page of this, in, it, this book is set in the year of our Lord, AD 562. <laughs> oh, wow. And they wow, this is, in, I said, oh, I'm going to enjoy this book. Uh, uh, the ancient, the chronicles of the ancient wizards of Avalon, Sir Uriel, Enoch Sinclair, uh, go and buy this book, guys. This is this is going to be an absolute what, treat. What would they have been flossing with in the year of our Lord 500 and whatever it was? Rope? Uh, <laughs> pig's clitoris? <laughs> um, a thread of lamb's wool that had been urinated on by a virgin? <laughs> any of those things. <laughs> whatever was handy. <laughs> any, of, any of those things. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Uh, oh, can I read that when you finish with it, please? Yes, you can. I'll, I'll finish it tonight. It's not very long. Um, um, uh, where are we? What are we doing? What's that? You, Catherine, you talk. I've talked too much, please. Thank you. I don't think I can talk. I don't think I can talk after that. Oh, here we go. I've got a few little bits and bobs. We've got, we've got a call. We've got. Do you want to talk to James? Or you take call, if you want to take calls, take calls. It's up to you. Go on. You go ahead. You're controlling me, really. the studio. I can't control the studio. Don't work. Do you want one? Do you want one or not? Yeah, go on, Kath. Give me one. <laughs> I can't. I couldn't if I wanted to. It won't work. Hang on. Oh, We're going to have to wait. We're going to have to wait for, um, for Sam. No, just drag him down. I can't. It won't work. I'm going to have to shut this down and restart it at some point. Hello, James. Talk to Ian. How are you doing? I'm just evening to you guys. I just wanted to see how Ian got on. I spoke to him the other night about the uh, problem you were having, Ian. I, I'm I'm all right. I'm, uh, I didn't feel well enough to drive in. I sort of feel all right now, but I, all day I felt very very tired and very nauseous. And I phoned yeah. Kath up at six and said, "I just I, I can do the show, but I just can't. I don't think we, I can we, drive for an hour and a we half. Spoke I think it's going to kill me." I had a, we on. spoke a couple of nights ago. I said, "You know, I had the same problem." Yeah, it was October no, last year. We no, spoke a couple I, of nights ago. I remember you, the man who can't eat I, cheese anymore. That's right, the cheese oh, guy. This is this guy. This this, tr this troll. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing all right. I had the blood tests yesterday, and I took my poo in to be studied yesterday. 
I've got an ultrasound tomorrow. I'm really confident now. I did panic a bit. I'm really confident it's not cancer, which is no, 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 one no, of the no, things the two doctors suggested. It's, it, it's not cancer. It's just, it's just really... It's just wearing me out, man. I'm so tired, and it's you know I felt really ill all day. I just want to whatever it is. Tell me what it is. Tell me what if I have to take pills. Well, tell me if I have to cut something out. Whatever. I mean, I just I just want to do it. I just want to feel normal. Yeah, it's just I, I think you'll find it'll be exactly the way. I'd hope it is. Well, I had it. It's just like your body just doesn't absorb any fats anymore. So you'd have to be on get on some gluten-free toast and poached eggs for for a week, and you'll be absolutely you know you'll be back to normal-ish. But you'll never be back to normal. I, I'm still not back to normal. Just leave it. Just left Bath now after a nice meal of the ivy. But it's you know have to be very careful what you eat. Full stop. <laughs> uh, hang, on, hang on a minute. No what what, fam what famous what famous people did you see at the ivy? The only time I went oh, to the no, ivy, no, the, the uh, ivy was when bar. I was. Bath. Bath. Oh, not no. the I, I went to the there. Ivy restaurant once and George Michaels was in there, but that's the only, George that was Michaels. it. Um, Michaels. George Michaels, the pop singer, the Greek. Uh, yeah, 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 it's Michaels. George Michaels. Yeah, yeah. Why is everyone, what? I think it's Michael, the Michaels, isn't it? George well, Michaels, yeah. why is, um, you, you know the guy. Because you gotta have faith, the faith, the faith. Yeah. I gotta have faith, the faith, the faith. Baby, you gotta have faith. You really gotta have faith now. Gotta have faith, the faith, the faith. That guy, George Michaels. <laughs> yeah, George Michael. Yeah. Anyway, wake I, me up okay. before I, I, you go, go. I'm not planning on going solo. Wake me up before you go, go, cause you gotta have faith. <laughs> Thank oh you. God. Thank you very much, James. Thank you, James. <laughs> Appreciate that. 03444991000. Here's a song I wrote. Oh, here we go. I want to dedicate this to all of the great reggae stars <laughs> that have gone before us. Oh, I remember reggae listening to those fat old tunes. <laughs> I used to love listening to reggae music on rainy afternoons And I say thank you, Bob Marley, <laughs> Shaka, Demas and Pliers Thank you, Pato Banton, Sid Owen and John Alford Cause we love reggae, we love reggae The sounds of Jamaican beats We love reggae, we love reggae Yeah man, reggae is really neat Word It's my tribute to the stars of reggae <laughs> Tribute. Um, we'd probably play some adverts here, I think. Late night conversation. Wealth losing sleep over. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Well, um, Catherine, yeah. some good news. After years of analysis and study, I have Finally, and I can say this categorically now, um, I have finally concluded that my favourite Kardashian mm -hmm. is Chloe. Oh, okay. It's 
Chloe Kardashian is my favourite Kardashian. I oh. didn't want to been asked this a lot, and I didn't want to rush to uh, I, I I didn't want to rush to any conclusions. I didn't want to jump in, um, but I've been really studying this a lot, and it's Chloe Kardashian. Yeah, well, she's a good one. She is one of the good ones, Chloe Kardashian. Um, yeah, good choice. <sighs> Um, some sad news. It looks like um, Jim Cor from the Cause yeah. is a nutcase. Why? It looks like. Let me just find the um, the tweet. Uh, let, I mean, I'm going to read you some tweets from uh, Jim Cor. Okay. Here we go. Oh, from Jim Cor. Right. What if we were? It's from the Cause. What if we? This is the fit one from the Cause. <laughs> What if we were actually meant to get mild childhood illnesses like measles so as to help prime our immune systems into fighting much greater diseases in later life? Uh. You see, he's arguing against vaccinaciones. Uh-oh. I'm trying. Here we go. Here we go. So I've got some more. Here's another one. Jim um, Cord talks about his journey to a no vote in the abortion uh, campaign. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, that's, he's done, oh, he's done a bit of, um... Speaking as a former fetus, says Jim Court, <laughs> I'm against the killing of babies. He didn't say that. Yes, he did. That's a, tw that's a tweet from Jim Court on the 9th of May last year. Speaking as a former fetus? Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> he's posted a picture. It's a picture of a door. You know those doors, like old office doors with glass, and it's got words printed on it yeah. to indicate what is behind the door. Yeah. And it says, Bureau of Imaginary Problems... Climate Change Division. <gasps> oh, Jim. This is from the 25th of June this year, so a couple of days ago. But Jim Core of the cause. People are waking up to the dangerous Russian roulette aspect of vaccination. We're told repeatedly they're safe. In truth, they're lucrative. While the US government has paid out $4 billion in damages for vaccine injury. And final one from Jim Core of the cause picture of donald trump the more i get to know of this man the more i like and respect him no wonder the establishment media hate him and want you to hate him do too uh. real donald trump is the real deal and i hope for the sake of the u.s and the world he gets re-elected that's jim core of the cause officially a fruitcake so he doesn't believe the medical profession he doesn't mm. believe meteorologists he doesn't believe the media but he likes the arch liar and grabber of women, <laughs> Donald Trump. Okay, yeah, seems legit. <laughs> Jim Core. What a plug. The flipping cause. <laughs> uh, one of my favourite um, Ali G things, I, I don't really remember much Ali G, but one of my favourite things was when he was in Northern Ireland and he says to, to I, I don't know, it's someone from Sinn Féin or I, I don't know who it was, if it was Michael McGuinness or, or, or someone like that, would you die for the cause? <laughs> oh, yes, of course I'd die for the cause. Well, yeah, well, the singer's pretty fit, but the rest of them, you know, it was, uh, <laughs> it's a very silly line. Uh, Kath, what have you got? Have we got any phone calls? Yeah, do you, do you want, want to talk to, to Andy? Here's Andy. You talk to Andy, go on. Hang on. Hello, Andy. Oh, gorgeous guys. How are you? Hey, it's that Andy. Dirty Andy. How are you? You Dirty doing? Dirty Andy. <laughs> it's, uh, listen, I just wanted to give you a quick call uh, just to say how much I enjoyed the first bit and all that kind of stuff. But you mentioned the Mandela effect, and it sounded like you were going to the place where I hoped you were going, Ian. Oh, where were you but going, I don't, Ian? Honestly, no, she did. 
I went there. I went there. I did it. I gave my conclusion. If you didn't hear it, then you're affected by the man. No, the 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 theory that is that is doing the rounds and is the one that works for me is the Mandela effect. Is moments when um, we we split off into different timelines. Yes, that's the one. I was hoping you'd go there. I didn't hear you go there. You see. Oh, I, I did go there. If you missed it, then that's the Mandela effect. Well, that's what it is. I, I'm, I it's I mean, Sorry, I've just got a pube on my um, what? Uh, b- battery charge, my phone charger, my battery. I, I, I know why, actually. Um, uh, it's the phone charger for my battery. Uh, a battery charge for my phone. Uh, right, so so do you, you're buying the theory of alternate timelines and s- dimensions splitting off and branching off? Well, I didn't, but somewhere, maybe, in a parallel universe, the, uh, whatever that song was called, the Wazix of Asparagus Mountain, or whatever it's called, maybe that's still playing. And maybe in our in our timeline, you know, we'll, we'll come across it one time again in the future. You never know. You never know. Okay. Cut this guy yeah. off. He's, he's insane, Catherine. Get rid of him. Absolutely <laughs> Bye, insane. What was, what was that about? That guy's been uh, been drinking, drinking something. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. If you want to uh, give us a call, you're very very welcome. Hey, I lost my phone yeah. today, and I got a phone call from my mum saying that I'd lost my phone. And I was thinking, well, how did you know you got? F- how did you get? No, you. I know. Well, they phoned the landline, right? But admittedly, my mum's. <laughs> <the landline. laughs> they phoned the landline. Here's what? the deal. My mum's the only one who phones the landline anyway. She refuses to use modern museum. technology. Um, it's basically the bat phone. Um, I don't have a landline. I had a landline in Windsor, but we just—I told you—we just kept getting calls from that weird African lady, yes, even she, though I would tell her not to call. And then I would one four seven one them back, and a very posh English man would go, "No, no, no, no African lady lives here." And then one day it was a Chinese man who op- uh, answered the uh, the phone. So I don't have—I deliberately do not have a landline wow. in this uh, in the bachelor pad. So she can't uh, contact you anymore. She must be gutted. Your mum can't. Your mum can't contact me anymore. Well, no, that's the reason I did it. I was thinking, how did they get in my phone? I found it quite disconcerting. Um, and so I had to go back to Tesco where I'd left it. They'd phoned yeah. my mum. And I was thinking, have they got in my phone to oh. phone my mum? That's weird. Oh. All the way there thinking, right. have they got in my phone? Because I've got one of those um, phone locks where you've got to put your thumb on it. So, you know, supposedly okay. it's supposed to be watertight. Mm. Do you know how they done it? Go they on. asked Siri to phone my mum. I don't understand. You can't get in my phone, but you can ask Siri to phone mum, and that's how they got into my phone. Can you ask Siri to do anything anything else when... What, supposing you haven't got a mum? Well, that was a good guess, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't understand. Well, because they said phone... No, ho- hmm? Yeah. They did not say phone home. They tried phone home, but it didn't work. Right. Probably because yeah. I wasn't in. Um, right. Then they phoned me mum at work. Phone mum I'm work. Sunbur- I'm sunburnt. I'm not surprised. You've been walking around Starkers all day, haven't you? I've, been, I've got a sunburnt chest. I went in the garden today on the hammock. If you ha- if you guys haven't got a hammock, oh, you, you, honestly, Get and, one. and I, I, I mowed the lawn today, and that I think was my my problem. I mowed the lawn, even though I felt ill. I thought I've got to do something physical, and I mowed the loin boiler, and it just wiped me out. Really wiped me out. I felt I felt so old and ill. So I just went and laid in the hammock for a bit, and that that sort that way didn't sort me out. But that was that's what life's all about. We'll talk hammocks and hammocks in a minute. We have no calls, dear listener. Yeah, we have. So We've got Mary, but, but we can always find room for you, dear listener. Yeah, oh, exactly. Oh, three four 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 nine nine one thousand. The late night alternative. Ian Lee and Catherine Boyle. I'm slapping my stop it. Slapping my tits. <laughs> oh my God. This is Talk Radio. 
The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Dudley Moore 
Uh, it's Dudley Moore, and it, it reminded me, Catherine, of um, our friend over in the United States with all those little sneaky little false endings. <laughs> Beautiful. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, 03 44 499 Thursday night. It's a little bit chilled. I'm not in the studio. I'm at home because I'm not feeling great. Um, and also, it's flipping hot, man, and it's going to get hotter. I've got sunburnt chest. I'm bright red. I'm just rubbing my boobies because I'm doing this topless. Um, but Catherine's in the studio, Sam is there, you call up, same as usual, you phone up, you speak to Sam, he'll take your name and number and give you a call straight back. We've not heard much from uh, Catherine Boyle, so hit me, baby. Well, that's all right. I mean, we've got Mary to talk to, but I don't mind having a chat with you. Oh, here's the thing. Have you seen, th- th- this is how old we are, yeah. right? Um, who are the Charlie's Angels? Uh, well, Farrah Fawcett. Yep. Uh, Jackie Thingy. Jackie thing. So, okay. so those are the original. There's one called Kate. Okay. Yeah, there's one called Kate. Now, imagine you're 15 years younger. Yeah. Who are the Charlie's Angels? Drew Barrymore. Lucy yep. Liu. Yep. Uh, who was the other one? Oh, and the other one. Uh, no, I know. Um, Cameron Diaz. There we go. Right. They're rebooting the reboot of the um, Charlie's Angels. Oh, there's a new for? Charlie's Angels coming out. What for? This is how old we are, Catherine. They are now rebooting the reboots. But what's the point, right? Charlie's Angels, I enjoyed at the time, I think, although it's one of those things I can't remember one particular episode of. It was just always on. But it probably doesn't stand up these days. Uh, the reboots ugh, were okay. I don't remember them setting the world on fire. Why are they doing it again? They're doing it again? I don't know. I just saw a trailer for it um, popped up on uh, on Twitter, and it's uh, just it's just Charlie's Angels again. Um, and you keep thinking... I, if, here's, here's the thing, right? I'm going to become king of the world, okay? the boss of all the boys and girls, and um, I am going to... I've slapped, slapped my sunburn. I really shouldn't have done that. I am going to make it illegal to reboot anything and to make any sequels, right? You've just, from now on, is just original ideas. Yeah, new films only. The assumption seems new to be that... Only. The assumption seems to be that anyone who wasn't born when the first one came out won't be interested in watching it because it's like some sort of historical document. But uh, the first, right, the first series came out in the 70s. So that is, man, that's 45 years ago, mm-hmm. right? So that would be the equivalent of, um, you know, me in the, me when I'm a teenager watching something from, like, watching like a Vera Lynn film. <laughs> Or uh, it would be from from the war. It would be like watching um, who's the dirty old man who used to tug off his stick of Blackpool Rock, George Formby. <laughs> it would be like watching a George Formby film. So the first one, okay, fine. But the 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 reboot with Cameron Diaz that must have been that was only like five years ago, wasn't it? I think it was probably about twenty years ago, wasn't it? I think I was doing my first job. I think I was working at Harrowwood FM when all the Herowood ladies FM Harrowwood. Named after Heroin oh, the, the Wake. Do you know about Heroin oh, the Wake? Servi- I know the service station. <laughs> anyway, I was working there and I'm pretty sure that's when that album came out. That, that soundtrack thing came out because they were whacking Beyonce on all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they are rebooting the reboot of um, Charlie's Angels. And that, to me, uh, seems incredible. Here's a, here's, I found loads of stories actually. I, I did some work and stuff and everything. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. We'll go to the call in a second. I found loads of stories. I found a story. I'm going to retweet it because the video is incredible. And it doesn't really work without the uh, without the video. I've just watched it again. It's amazing. A hero teenager. Have you heard this story? No. Go on. 
let, I'm going to, right, I'm going to retweet it now. Hang on a second. And then go and watch the, uh, then I'm going to, then I'm going to read it. Then I want you to watch the video after I, I've read it. Okay. So I've just retweeted it. A hero teenager miraculously caught a falling toddler as she plummeted to the ground from a second floor window in Turkey. My God. CCTV footage captured the moment the two-year-old girl was caught as she fell from her family's home. Foyzi Zabat noticed little Doha Mohammed was about to drop from the ledge uh, in Istanbul last Thursday. She'd wandered to the edge of the flat's window while her mother was in the kitchen. Um, Algerian-born Zabat then positioned himself under the window and plucked the youngster from the air as she went headfirst towards <gasps> the ground. The clip shows that despite the girl falling at speed, Zabat was able to hold on to her and stop her hitting the pavement. Now, Zabat can be seen reaching his arms out to catch Doha as passers-by then realise what happened. Now go and watch it. Uh, I've just posted the news story. Now go and watch it. Flipping it, man. It's close. Oh, my God. He yeah. Own, he only just catches her, doesn't which, he? Which way up is she? I can't see. He sort of grabs well, the it middle, doesn't he? It says in the story that she's, it, it's head first. He only just catches her, yeah. doesn't he? Yes. That, I, I need to see it again. Hang on a second. Because um, that is, uh, oh, now we've got an advert. I don't want an advert. I just want to watch the, I don't want to watch an advert. Thank you very much. just want to see it. Here we go. That is Here incredible. Here we go. Only just catches her. That is incredible, isn't it? Yeah, she's Flipping had a very, very it. lucky escape there. God, and the speed she was going at. Flipping out. And you think too, and I remember too them being huge, but then you see, you scroll down in the picture of her. She's, she's a baby. She's tiny. She's a baby. She, she weren't going to make that, you know, and it's fast. That bloke is a hero, man. Absolute mm. legend. As if, oh, have yeah, you read no, the yeah, end yeah. of that story? As a thank you, Doha's family gave their daughter's rescuer a gift of 200 Turkish liras, which is about 27 pounds 21. Wow. Good for them. Good <laughs> for them. That's incredible. Absolutely incredible. That poor little girl. Um, do you want to take a call, Catherine? Yeah, Moore? go on then. Here's Mary. Go on, you you, you lead the way. Hi, Mary. Hi. Um, this is quite an amazing experience for me. I've never ever um, telephoned a radio station, um, and I just want to say I really enjoy your radio station, and I particularly enjoyed. Uh, a couple of nights ago, uh, when you did the sort of fun game where you uh, gave, the, you know, there was a name of a, a, a famous um, musician and you took the last letter <laughs> and the next person had to name another musician. And the reason I'm ringing is to congratulate you both on your amazing knowledge of music. Um, <laughs> Oh, I really mean wasted, it. I really thank mean you, it. Thank you. Um, I, I really do mean it because you've both got a huge knowledge of music. That's all I've got to say, I mean, really. And I have a huge knowledge of really crappy music, Mary, but that's very <laughs> kind of you. Thank you. <laughs> um, Mary, it's a you... game. I've got, I've got friends um, who are into music, and yeah. it's a game. I, I think it's just a great game that we'll pay, play the next time I have a party at my house. Well, 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 Mary, would you, would you like to play with us? No, I, I'm absolutely Oh, come useless. on, you coward! No, 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 no. Um, I love music, but I have no memory of... I, I, I'm a huge uh, Beatles fan, but oh, I have... Yeah. I, I seriously have no retention... <laughs> 
old band names. <laughs> and that, I think, is what impresses me so much, that you can remember so many people and so many names. Well, And uh, because yeah, I, we have so many, uh, you know, amazing musicians in this country, we really do. And, well, that's very um, kind of you, Mary. I could have spent that time, you know, learning to play music. Or, I mean, Catherine can play music and can speak languages and all of these things. I, I was busy buying records and um, ordering music from around the world. So that is, thank you for, for you know, contradicting my mum. I didn't waste my life, <laughs> mum. See, Mary says I didn't. Thank you. No, I really mean it. And um, I, uh, I was a singer, and um, I have sung in the Albert Hall. Oh, wow. Um, and I love music, and um, I appreciate your program. And there's only one thing I'd like to say to finalise. It's too much, um, Catherine. It's I agree, we're working on that. It's taken me three evenings to take down the number, uh -huh. <laughs> because... Ian, you say it so quickly. Okay. Do you know what? I take that criticism on board. I, cause I do say it fast, and then I try and say it a lot slower later, or straight after. But I will do it slower from now on, Mary. I appreciate <laughs> that um, constructive... <laughs> well, I'm genuinely, I do. now, and maybe I'm just slower than, you know, your young audience. But um, I, I seriously it. wanted to talk to you and to congratulate you on a great program and your knowledge of music is well, absolutely I, amazing. Mary, you're very, very kind. Thank you so much. And I will, I will bear that in mind what you said about the number. But I have to ask, who, where, what, why were you singing at the Royal Albert Hall? Um, I was a folk singer and um, I sang at the Albert Hall when I was 15. I belonged to yeah. um, a youth um, a youth club, which and I don't think we have so many today, and I wish we had more. Yeah. And um, we just sent in a tape of the singing, and we were invited to go to the Albert Hall. And um, <laughs> um, you're not going to like That's this, incredible. I don't think, but Tony Blackburn. Uh -oh. Was the old pair? Oh, we love Tony. The, um, the, we love the, the Tony. I'm, I'm good friends with Tony. I love Tony Blackburn. Right. Well, I met Tony Blackburn because he was part of the show, and it and it was a a, a, a religious get together for yep. actually Methodists all around the world, and they do it. I think, I hope they still do it. But then somebody saw us in the Albert Hall, and we were a group of I think twelve, and he selected three of us and offered us a professional music career and so the three of us i was actually 15 uh my sister was 18 and my best school friend was my age and we were selected out of a group of 12 by uh, a music professional who became our agent and we sang and what was the name of your group were you the nolans <laughs> Do I have no. to tell you? <laughs> yes, yes, you do, young lady. Of course you do. Go on, who were you? We were called the Three Cleopatra. Cherries. <laughs> and I don't Whoa. think... We backed uh, records. We, You know, we could do the do a da di da di da on the back, in the background. <laughs> but it was... I like you. But, <laughs> but my sister uh, was an intellectual, and... Um, 
she uh, went to Oxford and then got um, a wonderful opportunity to go to America. She's a scientist in America. And yeah. uh, so the music career ended, but my God, it was great fun. And we're all Welsh, the three of us were Welsh, and we sang in the toughest audience ever in all the working class clubs in Wales, throughout the whole of Wales. Yeah, of course. What and you year have to appear in one of those clubs 67? to know how difficult it was. Yeah. Um, what, what year would this have been, Mary? Late 60s? Oh, God. Well, I'm 66 now, so take 15 years away. Uh, sorry, put me at 15, and that's when I was singing yes. as a professional singer. Wow. Wowzers. That's <laughs> incredible, though. Uh, yeah, Do you miss it? Sorry? Do you miss it? Yes, I do. Um, I, no, I miss um I still sing in um, voluntary groups. Um, I join sort of singing groups. and um, But um, I don't enjoy solo singing. And I was offered by no. my agent when my sister and my friend went off to university i was offered a solo career but i don't enjoy solo i absolutely adore harmony um but i was so young i didn't say to my agent look i'll do you know i'll do three people if i have two other people to sing with me i'll do this um and of course at that young age i just said no i don't want a solo career but yeah. um but, uh, God, I enjoyed it so much. I really did. And I met some wonderful people. Um, I met people um, like, uh, I met Ginger Baker. Um, wow. Wow. <laughs> we had Ginger Baker's daughter on recently. You know, we had I know, I uh, his daughter, the Nettie, comes on the show. Yeah, I she was comes so on the show. Yeah, I, I was really, really thrilled to hear... Um, yeah. I, I've got a funny story that I tell because Ginger yeah, at the time was drinking very heavily and um, after my music career I worked in nightclubs in Wales and Ginger uh, was booked in the nightclub and my boss said to me, I don't care what you do, you've got to get Ginger on stage. <laughs> so I literally went in to um, where Ginger Baker was, and he was absolutely, yeah. you know, incapable of getting on stage. And I said to my boss, can I do anything to get him on stage? And he said, anything, otherwise I'm going to lose a lot of money. So I just went in and just slapped him across the face wow. <laughs> until he uh, <laughs> opened his eyes. Yeah. He opened his eyes and I said, can you see me? And he said, yes, I can see you. And I said, right, keep concentrating on me because I've got to get you on stage. What do I do to get you on stage? And he said, just keep slapping me. <laughs> <laughs> And that's honestly oh true. That's honestly true. And he was wonderful. Uh, he yeah. stood up, and then he said to me, I need drumsticks. And I said, okay, fine. And he said, they're on all across the floor. And I said, right, what do I do with the drumsticks? And he said, 
two in each jean pocket of the bag, two in each side pocket, and now walk me there. And I'm not wow. kidding you. You would never, ever. He was absolutely amazing. Oh, I bet the Scott behind the drums, he was incredible, and you would oh, never know God. he was wasted. I, absolutely not. I mean, he was an amazing drummer, and um, and wow. my boss was very pleased. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love the way you say that, and my boss was very pleased. <laughs> Who else did and, you meet, um, Mary? Who else did you meet? Uh, Brian Ferry. Wow, this is amazing, yes. Kath. Hmm? Um, we had amazing people. Um, we had amazing DJs that worked with us who yeah. who could hear uh, musicians that had talent before they made it into the big time. They were like you. They were like you and Kath. You know, they listened to music and they recognized yeah. somebody who was going to be successful in music. And they would just book these gigs and um you know before like byron ferry gave me his first album and um uh but it was thanks to the boys that were the djs in the club that recognized you know talent this is incredible this is incredible mary when did you stop singing or when did you stop singing professionally I stopped singing. I only did, um, let me just think. I only did, I was 50, 50, 16, 17, 18. I only did three years. Right, okay. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. my sister went off to um, Oxford, uh, Oxford and then yeah. um, uh, qualified, and then uh, she went to America to live. But we we have um, you know great laughter about it, and um, uh, <clears throat> if I had the courage, I would go back into it. Uh, but I don't think I do now at my age, at sixty-six. I don't think. Why does the uh, age? But Why I does your encourage age? encourage young people. I do encourage yeah. young people, and. Um, I'm wondering why it's harder when you're older. I know you haven't done it for a long time, and that can be tricky. Mm. But I, I, I wonder why it's harder for you to even consider going and singing a song in front of an audience now that you're 66. Yeah, surely there's less to lose, isn't there? Yes, yes, that's absolutely right. And I must tell you, um, your voice doesn't matter what age you are, you know. It's the one thing that never fails you, your voice. Mm. And um, I, I was in uh, business, and the Beverly Sisters came into my business. I had a shop. The Beverly mm. Sisters came in, and I mean, it was quite, quite amazing to meet them. And they're quite interesting, quietly, uh, actually, very eccentric mm-hmm. women. Oh, I bet, yeah. <laughs> But of course, they're I think part of their family have continued music, music, haven't they? Yeah. I I think sons, daughters, etc., have continued music, and um, I uh, 
who knows? One day I may try it again. I, I do. I do a lot of um, singing in groups, and I do gigs yeah. with groups of singer singing groups. I don't know whether you get them in London, but they're big. I'm from all oh, these Brighton. like rock, rock, rock choir type things. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And all different age groups go to yeah. these choirs, and um, it's so good for people. It really is so good for people to sing. It's so uplifting. My Mary, my ambition now is mm-hmm. to see you sing a song solo at some point. Yeah, that would be great. That's <laughs> my ambition. Would, would never bully you, would never force you, would never, you know, want to make you uncomfortable. But that, I'm just, I'm just nestling and nursing that idea in the back of my head. I'd really like you to sing a song solo one day. And I'm just planting that seed. In there. my mind. Was, yeah, I'm just planting the seed in your mind, saying yeah. that you would have a very willing and very supportive um, audience with, with me and Catherine, if you ever chose to do it. Okay, okay, that's a that's um, that's a great thing mm. to say, and I and I appreciate it because I know that I could do it. Mm, um, it's just getting the the courage to do it. Yeah. I drink in a wonderful place. Um, in Hove, and um, they have live music every oh, evening. Yeah, and it's a tiny, tiny pub, and um, they have just local people um, playing in the pub in the evenings. And I have yeah. been tempted. I oh. I know them well, and I have been tempted to do that. So uh, maybe with your encouragement. I will do that. <laughs> I, I'll ring you I and let you love, know if I do. Please do. I, it would make my day, it would make mine and Catherine's night to get a phone call from a giddy, excited you saying, you'll never guess what I did an hour ago. Uh, it would it would cheer us up no end. Yeah. So okay. just let that little, just let that percolate in, the, in your mind for a while and well, see where it I takes will. you. I will. Thank and you, I Mary. promise if I do do it, I'll let you yeah. know. And yeah, you yeah. too, keep up the good work. Thanks, Mary. <laughs> well, thank you, Mary. So nice to talk to you. We'll speak to you again soon. You take care. Thank you. Good night. Thank, thank you, you, Mary. Thank you. Um, <laughs> bye bye. There we go. Bye bye. That's the first wow, that ever lovely. phone call to a radio station. Not a bad one at all, was I, it? Well, that was. But I started treating her like a guest because yeah. it was, you could tell from very. First of all. Whenever there's there's a slight you know a, a, a slightly older than me woman phoning in, I'm always slightly. Why are they listening to this? Yeah. What is it that what is it they because this show is kind of you know for me I I know we have a wide age range but it always feels to me sort of fifty fifty is the upper range and maybe fifteen is the lower range primarily men sixty forty men women so you get a sixty six year old woman who's obviously very intelligent and very well spoken I can't part of me thinks. What is she hearing that's yeah. working for her? You know, my first silly... reaction is when they ring up and say, mm-hmm. I, I always think they're going to complain. Oh, I thought it was going to be a complaint. I really thought it was going to be a complaint, and, and shame on me for that. But then she said she liked the Adamant game. Yeah. I'm thinking, okay, that's right. And then when she said, oh, I used to sing once, I thought, aha, there is a story here. And boy, oh boy, what a story. She had to slap Ginger Baker awake. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. And you know what? I've got a feeling, Catherine, that 
that little push, just a very gentle push with one finger each that we gave her at the end there. Yeah. I've got a feeling that she's going to go and sing a song at some point in the next few months yeah. on her own. Do you know? If did you feel that? I did. I, I do. I, 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 what breaks my heart is when you hear people who've lost their mojo or they've had the confidence yeah. crushed out of them for some reason. And yeah. you can tell the will is still there slightly, you know, they wouldn't talk about it if it wasn't there. Um, mm. But yeah, just a little nudge sometimes in the right direction. I mean, what what is there to lose? Mary, if you're still listening, what is there to lose? You might actually Mary, love it. That was, a, that was a wicked call. Thank you so, so much. Please call again and uh, we can chat about anything you want, but I, I, I'd really like you to to call the show again. Um, 0344 499 Let's have a quick break. This is Talk Radio. Take a trip into the alternate reality of late night radio. I think I'm in something like the Matrix and so are you. The Late Night Alternative. Hello, hello. With Ian Lee. Is there anybody out there? On Talk Radio. Hello. Um, 0345, no, I was, I tell you what, I, cause I was just typing my mobile number to a window cleaner. Oh three. <laughs> For, what do you do? What are you, were you doing during that break, Catherine? Uh, I was looking at Twitter. I, I was arranging an appointment for a window cleaner to come and give me a quote on Sunday. <laughs> so I was just typing my number out. The number you need, dear listener, is 0344 499 Last 30 minutes of the show before could you, um, Paul Ross comes Before you continue, yes? could you do that really slowly? Because um, it took Mary oh. three days. Ah, <laughs> yes! She's right. She's absolutely right to call me out on that. Thank you, Mary. 0344 499 1000. 0344 499 1000. Um, what you got, Boyley? I've got Sheila. Let's go for it. Want a bit of Sheila? I want a bit of Sheila. Hey, Sheila. Hello. Hello. How are you feeling? Oh, what's going to say is, um, Mary's absolutely right. Until I got my loyalty card, oh, bloody hell, it used to take me like an hour to find, to remember your number. So, yes. But you're bonkers, though. I'm not bonkers. Well. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, the reason I first called, because yes. I, I've been on hold for a little while, the reason I called her, I wanted to challenge Mary to the game, because she loved the game. Yeah, but she and didn't want to play. Oh, I just wanted to play it with her, and that's why... Play, I play it with us. Play it with us. I Let's know, go for okay, it. Okay, you... she would have won it. So, there's no point. Uh, she would have won. Sorry? Why is no one? Why is everyone too scared? Why is everyone too scared to play it with us? Are you playing <coughs> with us, Sheila? It's not fair. I can't really hear you because you sound like you're on speakerphone, Ian. Well, I'm not on speakerphone. I'm on microphone. So don't yeah. don't try and get me with the speakerphone <laughs> line. Okay, um, but I thought Mary was lovely, and I just loved that call. It was just awesome. We're going to um, release it as a record, I think, that call. That's what we should do. <laughs> That's what we should do. Re release it as a seven-inch single. It was. She was great. I loved yeah. her. That was um, yeah. That was fascinating. I want to hear her sing. It's, some of my friends are kind of older musicians. And they, yeah. I, I've talked to, to them quite a few times about this. They're like a forgotten generation. Because things in the music industry are so different now than what they were. And they're expected, they go to open mic nights, they can't even get an open mic night, which is for free. And they're saying when they were kids, they would never, ever have played without being paid, ever. Mm. And it's just such a different thing. And they don't really have a place to go anymore. Hey, Sheila, is there something that you would quite like to do, but you don't dare? Me? Yeah. 
Oh, God, like Mary there that. lost her mojo a little bit. Have you got anything like that that you think you want to get back on oh, with and you can't, you've lost so, your confidence? Yeah, so many things actually, Catherine. <laughs> um, one, like things I'd like to do that I can't do. So one would be singing. I'd love to sing. I just respect music so much, but I can't sing. Because as you both told me, I've got a voice like a 12-year-old boy. Um, <laughs> but it's always it's always been my, my thing. I used to be in choir at school. And I used to mime because everyone is Oh no. Oh, it was awful. Because I come from a family like my brother is a, a brilliant musician, um, yeah. classical musician. And so it was just to say, Oh, it's her, it's his sister, she can sing so I didn't even have to audition. Uh. But I can't sing. So I was put in the choir for the whole like six years of school and I just mimed it the core required because I, I can't sing a note and it's been a, a huge fear for me um, and then the last person I dated was a, a rock singer and that didn't help my confidence either because okay you can't even like dance about in the kitchen singing anymore because they're listening to you sing so yeah that's one thing I'd love to do um, in a more practical thing, I'd like to play my clarinet again because last time I tried to play it, I was going to play you and Catherine and so I'm going to drop it on the kitchen floor because I've had too much to drink and I broke it. <laughs> oh, blimey. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's the other thing. A bit more practical, a bit more, like, you know, achievable. I love the clarinet. The clarinet is a massively underused instrument i think it's a great instrument i think people oh, look okay. hot when they're playing it i think it's a great sound we sh let's bring back the clarinet <laughs> I've, got, I've got i could be because i want to be a correspondent on your show and i was thinking i've got several things i could like, sort of punt for so okay. richard said to me like, he's my best mate and like, he's always playing computer games. He never listens to the show. So he said to me, oh, just your fake Sheila be the fake news correspondent. And I thought, well, I could be, but I think there all no, the years. That doesn't, that doesn't grab you. That does. I can tell that doesn't grab you. No. It's got to grab you. Yeah, I think probably you've already got one. And also, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not that interested in the news. So I had a couple of things. So one was, it's rubbish really, but... Instruments oh. that you don't play, correspondence, because I've got loads of them. Oh. Not just the clarinet, you've got more. Hello? Sheila? Has she gone? Sheila? Sheila? Gone. Well, I think that closes, um, <laughs> that closes that. Let's have a quick break. The radio show that knows truth is always stranger than fiction. Week Monday, I get shoes. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. Because they're too real to be part of my imagination. On Talk Radio. I remember the reggae stars of yesterday. Singing songs to help us through the broken heart. Oh, yeah! Level 42 and as one. <laughs> you really were the best of reggae, reggae music to me. Love reggae and I just can't stop writing songs about reggae stars, Catherine. Yeah, That's what's your favourite? I like doing at the moment. What's your favourite level 42 and or Aswad track? 
Um, UB40, level 42 and not reggae. Well, you said level um, 42, didn't you? I said UB40. Oh, did you? Oh. This is terrible, mate. This is terrible. Level 42 are not a reggae group. They never played reggae, they played slap bass. Level 42 are not a reggae group. You're thinking of Shaka, Demas and Pliers. <laughs> I'm always thinking of them. And Bitty McLean. <laughs> And Sid Owen. About Shaggy. And John Alford. They're the reggae stars of Britain. <laughs> um, have we got any phone calls? Let's go. Yeah, Sheila's back. Got? If you want to give Sheila another try. Uh, okay, quickly, uh, quickly, quickly. I've, uh, quickly, I've done Sheila, that. you're on borrowed time, love. I'm putting you through. Quick. Quick, quick. There she is. Hello. I'm sorry, I didn't hang up on you. My phone's rubbish. So, okay, want to be a correspondent, but I'll call you about that next week. Um, what I want to ask you now, when you're at home with your guitar, please, can I have a request? Is the request for him to stop playing it? Can you please sing me a song, my love? Anything, anything. Just a song for Sheila. I'd love that. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go, let it go, let it go. Can't hold it back anymore. Hang on, where's it go? Okay, so That's been the problem, hasn't it? Let it go, let it go. Can't hold it back anymore. It goes like, sorry, it goes like this. Let it go, let it go. Can you put my name in it, please? Can I put my name in it? Anymore. Of course I can. Shut up. Let it go, Sheila. Let it go, Sheila. Can't hold it back anymore. Sheila. Let it go, Sheila. Can't hold it back anymore. Reggae music. Oh, Goodbye, Sheila. Let's say hello to Simon. Hello, Simon. Hello, Ian. Hello, Carl. Hello, Simon. Hello, Simon. Why are you so muffled tonight? tonight? Oh, I heard somebody mention Adamant. 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 Oh, it's this loser. Is that a challenge? It's this loser. Uh, I'd like a new. Can I suggest a new rule for Adamant? You can suggest it, but it's like suggesting. Can I suggest a new rule for poker? Uh, it's a well-established game, mate. Well, what about a game of Adamant where instead of naming the band, you actually have to sing one of their songs? Oh my God. Put the phone down, Simon. You've had too much to drink. Let's go to Sloop John B. Good evening, Sloop. Hang on. Here he is. Listen, I'll keep it short and sweet, but I wanted to say thank you for uh, Sunday. The rabbit hole. We, we had fun huh? on Sunday, titting around in front of drunk people all day. Uh, thanks for coming. It was nice. We had a great time. It was, and I just go, I want to take the opportunity to come on just to say, because, you know, I know you guys always plug it, but I want to, someone who went to it, man, 13 quid a ticket, I had an absolute blast. And I got to meet Plankton, a.k.a. Roger as well. So it, it was worth it, man. So you're damn, I will be there next time, all right? Thanks. Hello? Oh. Hello? Is he gone again? I'm still here. Still here. You're still here. Ian's gone. Oh, God, so is it you and me, Cass? It is for now. I'm sure we can um, resurrect him, but... Do you think he'll be coming back, or...? I think he will be coming back. Let's just bide our time. Well, we can, uh, you know, we, 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 how have you been, Cass? I'm 
I'm all right. Yeah, it's been um, it's been stressful getting uh, the equipment to work here, but we've managed it, and uh, it's been nice just sitting back and hearing. I mean, some beautiful tunes on the guitar. I've never hey. heard Ian plays guitar quite so much. He's, 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 he's good. Needs a little bit of work there, don't you think? Maybe a smidgen, but you've got to remember, these are all original hits he's coming out with tonight. Original hits are hard to write. Oh, yeah, 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 granted, granted. Listen, as well, Catherine, uh, tomorrow night, it's just you, isn't it? Yes, it is just me tomorrow night. Oh, but I'll, I'll call us after calling two nights in a row, or is it frowned upon? Oh, come on, of course you can phone in tomorrow night, I'll be, I'll be glad. Is there something I want to talk to you about? Not that Ian wouldn't be interested, but it's just, I'll, I could tell you tomorrow, it'll make more sense. Because you're a brain box, and Ian is, is is clever, but but not quite as brainy. Don't tell him I said that. Oh man, the the pressure is on now. I hope I won't disappoint you. You will not disappoint me. Okay. All right. All right. Give me a shout so, tomorrow. Uh, to you then, Kath. Adios. Adios. Hang on, we're trying. Bye to bye. Bye bye now. Go away. Are you still there? <laughs> He's still there. He's gone. What's going on with Ian, Sam? The line's just com- completely gone. He's not um he's not expired, has he? That that thing? Well, you know, we're a bit worried about his um, health. He's not. Run, is he run off to the loo? No, it's in his the can, the line that he was on is gone. Hang on, carry on. I'll try and come back. He says. All right. Well, in the meantime, I can hear someone whistling in there. Is that Paul Ross? It is. Yeah. Come in, Paulington. Come and take your moment, Mr. Paul Ross. How's it going? You're very tuneful today. That could be a great start to a horror film. <laughs> What's that? There's a host at home doing it from ISDN, yeah. and one or other, either in the studio, other one, and you get that Sam comes and says, they've gone. Yeah. And then the mystery unfolds. I'm sure he'll come back, though. Of course he will. Of course he will. It's just the flipping gear. And you're flying solo tomorrow night, then? I am, yeah. Goodness knows what we're going to get up to tomorrow night, but I'll work it out as we go along. All kinds of shenanigans. Yeah, Good stuff. of course. Of course. What have you got tonight? Well, we've got a great um, filmmaker on, documentary maker, who's just completed a... I've not seen anything quite like it before. He's basically gone back into the archives. Five top Hollywood film directors, Oscar winners, went to the Second World War, and they all made remarkable documentaries. One of them, William Wyler. One was John Ford, John Houston, right. uh, Frank Capra, George Stevens, and William Wyler. William Wyler made Mrs. Miniver. He made a beautiful film called The Best Years of Our Lives about people returning from the Second World War. But he shot the original documentary about the real-life Memphis Belle, which did its final 25th mission, and they took the real chance of going with them, loading it with cameras, cameras, one of the cameramen lost his life what? when the plane came down. I know, making it, because they're all like serving officers. Right. But the Memphis Bell came back and survived. They were on a big promotional tour of America. And of course, they shot hundreds of hours of footage. Well, some of it's been found about four or five years ago. And the man we've got on, Eric Nelson, has turned it into a brilliant documentary. It's going to be in British cinemas for one night only on Independence Day, July the 4th. So we're going to be hearing the story of that, which is great. Also, an amazing new initiative um, to try and save the rhino. And what they're doing is they've worked out a way of injecting the rhino horn Mm -hmm. with a toxin that's fatal or very damaging to human beings and won't deteriorate, doesn't harm the rhinos, and listen to this, dyes the rhino's horn pink as an indicator to those thuggish, savage poachers and the morons who think it's medicinal, this one ain't for you. Even when it's ground down, it stays a kind of slightly below fluorescent pink. What a genius notion. Yeah, to make it less yeah. uh, less attractive to And them. also, you know, we all love a camp rhino. You're <laughs> out there on the Serengeti in the veld, and there you see the Danny LaRue of the rhino world, the John Inman of the, the Alan Carr of the rhino world, <laughs> lumbering towards you. I do wonder what the rhinos will think about this. <laughs> well, I suppose it's... You know, that or uh, I, I, I wonder why rhinos don't go boz-eyed more often, you know, because they've seen that thing at the end of their hooter. They should be like Ben Turpin from the silent movie days. <laughs> Can't you try and look at a, a, a zit on the end of your nose? God, Not that I've done that since teenage years. <laughs> but that sounds, I mean, that sounds really interesting. Yeah. Gonna, 
that tonight. So there's a bit of a kind of crowdfunding initiative behind that. They're, they're, they're hoping initially to um, to kind of give two and a half thousand rhinos pink horns. Because I don't know if you've ever, I don't want to be a dad if you've ever seen the footage of what happens to these mm. poor things. It's just beyond savagery, beyond words. Kind of thing under which language breaks down. Yeah, terrible, terrible stuff. So yeah, anything that helps them out, that sounds cracking. I'm also talking TV. Mike Ward's with us every Friday from the Daily Express and the Daily Star on Monday. So lots of football. We're also talking sport because I'm not a huge football fan, but uh, England's women's team did fantastically well last night. They're through to the semi-final. Yeah. We're going to be finding out over the weekend who we play, either France or the United States of America, and then it could be next stop the final for us. So loads on the show this morning. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Dee. Paul Ross, of course, will be with you uh, in about 10 minutes' time. And you've heard it's going to be an absolute cracker. Are you taking phone calls tonight? Well, the phone line's always open, but I think people realise I'm not very good with human beings. <laughs> I mean, I make an effort for you and Ian, occasionally for Sam. But no, we, yeah, the phone line's always open. We don't, we tend not to, often people ring us because yeah. something they've heard has struck a call. Because we're bringing people details tonight of a, an announcement that happened in the States um, in the very late hours of yesterday from NASA about this amazing, and they've done it now because of course next month is the 50th anniversary of the moon landing, so they're building up and reigniting public interest in that. So we're crossing live to the States for the very latest on this amazing mission, basically out of the solar system. No wow. mind to infinity and beyond, beyond Pluto we're going to be going. Sounds absolutely amazing. Sam, are you looking at the disconcerted? I think he's trying to, I think he's tried to ring. Should we get him on the phone? Sure. Yeah, let's get him on the phone. I mean, what's... what's He's got... Uh, Reverse the charges. Exactly. He's got the night off tomorrow. We, I'm not going to do 10 minutes of work now <laughs> at the lower rate. It's just not going to happen. We'll get him on. We'll get him on. The um, technology held up really, really well till, till like, you came in, just before you came in. I'm wondering whether that... He's not nipped out for a late Kentucky so, fried no. chicken or something. Else. He's not suddenly sort of feeling peckish. He's at home. Think so. I think he's been trying As to. As a movie started on film four or something, you wanted to see. <laughs> How was he feeling? Obviously, he's not feeling 100 percent, or he'd have been in tonight in well, in person. He said that he felt he felt icky still, but it was more the thought of driving in half an hour and a half and then back yeah, an yeah. hour and a half afterwards. Just in, it's, it's wiping him out, to be honest. He's being terribly brave yeah. about it, barely mentioning it, of course. Yeah. But um, I mean, and again, without being in any way a scaremonger, because he you know he seems fine and but he's having all the tests done, but he's certainly lost a bit of weight yeah. over the last couple of weeks, hasn't yeah. he? I know you can, and you can lose three or four pounds a week if you're dieting and stuff, but uh, we're think, seeing less of him. Yeah, exactly. I think the old stomachache means that he just doesn't feel like eating, and that's what's doing it at the moment. So we're hoping for the best and uh, trying not to... Have I bored you about the Van Gogh exhibition at Tate Britain? No. Um, I went with my uh, third eldest daughter uh, last Sunday. She got me a ticket, which was great. For adults, it's 20 quid, but it's worth it. Trust me, I'll tell you why in a minute. If you're under 25, you get in for a fiver, which is brilliant. Now, it's the biggest exhibition they've had in the UK, and it's worth making a trip to London for, folks, since 1948. It's a fantastic exhibition, and it's got um, all the big pictures, the chrysanthemums, the starry night. If you get the chance, Tate Britain, go along and see it. It's brilliant. Oh, my little girls love those as yeah. well. Well, they get in for virtually nothing, and it's worth getting the, the kind of uh, audio guide thing. Yeah. Because I used to be a bit snobbish about those. Now I love them, because you suddenly wonder, if I understand what I'm looking at. Yeah, exactly. Or what I'm meant to be seeing, which is lovely. Because sometimes you can walk around those sort of galleries and go, right, well, I like that. I don't know why. I don't know who this person is. I don't know what the story is behind it. But how long am I supposed to stand in front of it appreciating before I can move to the next one? Although I would advise you folks, if you want something to eat or a cheeky beer afterwards, don't go in the Tate Britain Cafe. One bottle of beer... Six pounds. Woo! And there's a pub 200 yards up the road. That's Six right. pounds a bottle of beer. Mr. Lee, you on the telephone there? It turns out the technology I was using to um, 
do the show from my house. Even though I paid £12 for it, I was only allowed two hours, which I think we overwent. I was only allowed two hours of broadcast time from it. So, oh, so you have to put more money in the meter. I can't put more money. I'm not putting another 12 quid in the meter for the last five minutes of the show. Stuff that. Fair enough. Do it on the phone instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, did I miss anything? Yeah, just um, Paul Ross inquiring as to your health. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. I'm all right. I'm, I'm really, really tired. I feel really run down and... Uh, I feel all right now, of course, but I felt very nauseous earlier on today. That's why I stayed at home. I'm up early tomorrow for um, build tests and stuff like that. But, but, I think but you're in bed I, early, though. You're in bed early because you couldn't. You'll be heading straight oh, up the, up the wooden oh, bed for char after this, so you save an hour and a I half. I bet he's in bed already, aren't you? <laughs> oh, there's an image I don't want in my head. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Well, yes, what are his duvet covers like? Well, he's got an eider down, do you think? An eider down? Uh, very nice. I bought a duvet cover this week, actually, but that's by the by. Well, I feel that my work here is done. I've, I've contributed to approximately 80% of my radio show tonight. Maybe I should just bow out graciously. Wish you the best of luck tomorrow, Catherine. And we'll give, me and the boys will give you a call tomorrow when we um, get out of the Dan TDM concert. My daughters are very excited about that. I know your boys don't know about it yet, but I told my youngest on the way to school today, thinking this is just an interesting thing we can talk about, right? Yeah. When she came out of school, her whole class have drawn a picture for Dan TDM, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah, and they all, uh, they, uh, they've been asking her to ask questions on their behalf. So I said, well, look, <laughs> I, can't, I can't send Ian to this thing with, like, like they made loom band bracelets for him oh, and all sorts, right? These bunch oh, of seven-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah. I said, but if he comes in next week, I'll make sure we record a question from, from you. There you go, wicked, wicked. Definitely, definitely, yeah. definitely. He's a big star. I, I, I kind of underestimated how massive he is. They, with all the kids in the class are excited. It's been the thing she's been boasting about all day, that her <laughs> mum might meet Dan TDM. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Well, this is the thing, he's worth, he's, he's worth 25 million quid, according to the Times Rich List. I never quite believe those things. As you saw, someone last week tweeted a thing that I'm worth 3 million quid. It's like, well, where on earth did you get that from? But, you know, he's, his, his videos get, get, you know, 10, 15, 20 million views sometimes. Ian, Ian, it's insane. Ian. Yeah. You're worth more than three million pounds to me. Yeah, precious. Thank and you very much indeed. Well, that's, I was expecting you to come in with that first, Catherine, and you didn't. Paul did, which means <laughs> Paul is my favourite. Uh, <laughs> right. We knew that already. I, I am going to try and get my cats in and feed the cats, and I'm going to bed. Paul, have a good one. Catherine, so much. Thank you so much. Have good, lots of fun tomorrow. Sam, thank you very much. Goodbye. Peace and love. Tutty bye. Hang on. Podcast the plenty. Oh, he's gone. gone. He's out. No podcast. Two minutes, right? I'm going to make some, sure that there are some podcasts. Podcasts, of course. There are. are. You can get a podcast of this show, uh, the best of this show. They're about half an hour long um, every day, every morning. Uh, you can do that via the what? Talk, Google it, God's sake. Late night, late night alternative. We also do a different. That's a one. great new catchphrase. Google it for God's sake. <laughs> Google well, it for I'm God's sake. I'm going to give you the stuff, but if you can't manage the phone number, what, I'm not going to give you the HTTPS colon backslash backslash. Uh, anyway, but um, yeah, have a look on there. Uh, you we shouldn't also say do the colon home. backslash. I know. That's just rude. Especially given the sensitive nature of Ian's complaint. Current nature of yeah, the predicament. <laughs> yes, the um. Are you off to the cinema at all over the next week or so? I'm hoping we're going to see Rocket Man at some point because we were talking oh, to right. Dexter Fletcher about potentially yeah, coming yeah. in. But um, are you planning to see yesterday? Because I've still not seen that. I and fluctuate between really wanting to see it and then thinking I, I think I've seen it all in the trailer. Yeah, although John Hearn, who's a tough critic, my producer is also a filmmaker and film critic. He really recommended it. And oh, he doesn't, really? he's, I mean, he's not snobby about Richard Curtis. He didn't like Love Actually, but he did like some of the other films because uh, it was too manipulative. And mm. he, he thought it was really funny and genuinely laughed out loud at times. And Ooh. it sounds like the jokes aren't all in the trailer. So I'm changing my mind on it. Yeah. Because often those high concept comedies run out of steam after 40 minutes, don't they? Sometimes. Yeah. You know? All right. Well, so. 
All right, I'll put it back on the yeah, to-do to list. Thanks so much for um, coming in and keeping me company That's while right. Senor goes to bed early. Uh, thank <laughs> <Senor>? you. Senor? <laughs> You're back in the old Espanol. Yes. <laughs> Senor. <laughs> thank you also, dear listener, for putting up with us and the technical difficulties hopefully haven't put you off. I shall see you same time, same place tomorrow and I'll be on this number 03444991000 and I'd really appreciate your phone calls tomorrow because I am going to be lonely. In the meantime, you're not going to be lonely. You've got Paul Ross for the next uh, what, ages and ages. Four hours, you might wait. Never mind three hours. Four <laughs> hours. Do you know what that is? 240 minutes. I'll you, tell you the seconds after the news. You're very lucky people. Good night. I'll see you tomorrow. This is Talk Radio.